all you want to do because you're yeah. full of fluid and you're on diuretics and you just need to pee into a jug. And that's already weird enough. You don't want the nurse, you don't want the really cute nurses to come in while you're sitting there trying to pee into a jug. cartridge audio my name is trevor strunk Hagelbot on twitter and i'm here in the grand tradition of this show's recurring guests we have a i i feel like you have now entered into the echelon of recurring guests um uh dia lacina is back on the show to talk with us once again uh, uh dia. hello uh, hello how are you I'm good. How are you? Thank you for I'm having good. me back. This is oh, fun. always. Yeah, no, this is every time fun. there's a new guest. I'm like, that could have been me, bitches. <laughs> That's what everyone says. That <laughs> people are just emailing me like, please. And like, I do like, I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, you should get Jackson and Emma. And I'm like, you should really just to get me instead, though. And you probably should just talk to me about Gundam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you should. It's really funny because. Um, when Jackson and M started that, I was like so vastly eclipsed them in terms of Gundam. And then like now I'm just like, y'all bitches are so fucking like have lapped me like 10 times. <laughs> like I, I'm like sitting there like I'm like the Gundam racetrack. It's like school in the eighth grade. And I'm just, like still the fat kid just trying to run. And I like, you know, the little skinny gazelle like wasp like Hitler youth <laughs> are just, just racing past me. And Jackson and M are the Hitler youth of Gundam now. That's uh, that's actually a pretty good um Jackson and Adam, I hope you are listening to this because you need to hear that. Honestly, like a pretty good uh show tagline. The Hitler Youth of Gundam. Um it it would get it would get a certain amount of the fandom in. Like I feel like they need to become rowdier about things. Yeah, I feel know? like I feel like there's like a lot of people who who would be cool with that in the fandom. Especially because right? now they have Austin. And Austin likes to pretend to be a bad boy, but we all know he's an academic and a boss. <laughs> and like <laughs> Austin he, likes to, who who thinks Austin is, is a bad I mean, Austin likes I, to get rowdy. Austin and I will get rowdy. Well Austin we, will we get don't. rowdy, but Austin's a nice boy. He I, is I, a nice boy. I, I I mean like it would be I would not would, be, I, you know you know, I would literally not be on this show right now if it was not for Austin. So shout out to Austin for making Austin. this all possible. Appreciate it, Austin. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, I like Austin. He's he's good. And sometimes when uh, I I tweet about the Eagles, he will uh, fave those tweets. Well, yeah, because we're all we're all Philly adjacent. Correct, correct. And if you're Philly adjacent and not uh, not rooting for the Eagles, uh, well, you might not like football. But if you do and and you are not rooting for the Eagles, what are you doing? Um, so we we were going to talk about this off air. <laughs> But you, you, I, I, like people are going to accuse me of being uh, opportunistic, and I'm going to say Dia asked to cover this on air because, and, and I have this. I didn't record it, but this is the quote because it's funny, which is exactly what I would say in. <laughs> so, right on. Um, 
you had some uh some health issues i I had a health scare yeah Yeah. that's what um that's what they like to call it as a euphemism no um yeah like one day i just started like massively swelling up with fluid out of nowhere and um then i couldn't breathe and i was just like fuck things are bad and i went to i did a teledoc who was like do some blood tests did the blood test that she said i think there's something wrong with like your kidneys go see this doctor went to go see the urgent care doctor and he was just like looked at me like pulled my eyes lids down and was just like dude no you have jaundice you need to go to the hospital right now like just, <laughs> just, wa- just go the fuck down the street to the er and get your shit checked and so i went to down the street to the i was like shit um Ugh. everyone else is like just get more tests and he was just like get your ass to the er so i was like okay i'll get my ass to the er so i got my ass to the er and um like you know it's funny because i had really I'd been having like symptoms for like a while, just not feeling well, um, kind of slowly like gaining fluid weight. And like, um, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't want to be a burden on the healthcare system because motherfucking COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, sure. I like, I don't have COVID. I don't want to get COVID. I also don't want to like take resources away from someone who has COVID and could use those resources. Mm. Um, but no, so like they were like, go. And I was like, I went. So I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) and they did a bunch of tests and like, first thing first, they came back and they were like, you have cirrhosis. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I am. How the fuck do I have cirrhosis? I haven't had anything to drink in like. 15, 20 years at this you point. You must have, I like, mean, like, if you ha- if you haven't had anything to drink in 15 or 20 years and you had cirrhosis, the amount of going hard that you would have to do to get right? cirrhosis. Like, I was just <laughs> like, dude, I have not had, like, a drink since college. This is absurd. I can't have cirrhosis. Even then, like, even if I had still been drinking, wow. the people I know who drink who have, like, totally fine livers, like, are, like, way, way, way outstrip me. Um, and so, like... Um, that was weird. And like, I just kind of burst into tears and there was this nice ER doctor and he was like, he was like, do you want to like, do you want something to eat? Do you want like something to drink? And I was like, no, I don't want, I don't know what to do with this. I'm processing information. I'm in a hallway. There are people like, there are people literally like, you know, who are like probably COVID positive and like not going to survive surrounding like the, uh, the, the wings of like the hospital where I'm at. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm just like, oh God, oh God. And now I have cirrhosis and my phone only has 20% battery left and I did not expect this so I didn't bring anything with me like I'm just here in my coat with like my wallet and that's it (laughs) and um and so that is that is just like the worst like you expected to go there for like an hour and you get that yeah like I expected to go into like the urgent care and he'd be like okay we're gonna run some tests but meanwhile like here's like a prescription for some diuretics go home and chill out and don't worry and then instead it became this whole ordeal anyway eventually I got admitted and they were like okay so here's the deal you have heart failure and at some point at some point is that worse or better than uh cirrhosis well in your mind at that moment in my mind at that moment, I still have cirrhosis and I have heart failure. And oh, like, I'm like, mm. what the fuck? And so, well, then it gets even weirder because they're like, you had a heart attack. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, yes, you did. Let's show you. Let me show you your artery here in this like, you know, catheterization video that we have of you. Here is where blood should be flowing to the right. And it's not anymore. It's flowing Jeez. to the top and the bottom. And I'm like, what? And they're like, basically, you had a big heart attack at some point, and that 
cut off blood supply to your, you know, heart and this, this, to this artery. And, um, now your heart real big and don't pump so good. Oh no. And I was just like, what do you mean? And they're like, you really don't remember having like chest pain. I'm like, no, I I think I would remember having a heart attack. And they're like, yeah, you should remember this one because this one is like a major one. This is the one that kills people. It's called the Widowmaker, for real sake. (laughs) No way. Yeah, it's called a (laughs) Widowmaker because apparently you just have it and you die. Which so it's it's kind of I'm sorry, that's not funny that you had the Widowmaker, but I think it's really funny because here's the thing. Because like one, it's like, you know, fuck you, bitch. I lived to like, you know, I'm just like sitting here like middle fingers to God. But on the other hand, it's like, wait, was that my one? Like, if, am I supposed to, like, you know, is this, like, going to be, like, you know, my, um, oh, God, what's Final Destination moment? Oh, now? yeah, yeah, yeah. Now now the, now the death is going to keep looking for you. Which, like, I hope, like, I hope death is very creative when death finally comes for me. <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm just kind of like, well, I'm glad I didn't just d- drop dead of a heart attack because that would be fucking boring. Um, you know, like, my grandfather dropped dead of a heart attack. Like, we can do better than my fucking grandfather. Um but yeah, so so Poor I spent like a week and a half in the hospital and they were doing all kinds of tests because they were like, how does a 37 year old have, you know, a massive, a massive coronary, basically? Yeah, um, no, I mean, it, not seems, know it, it seems unlikely. I, yeah, they were, like, everyone there was completely baffled. In fact, um, one of the doctors is doing a workup on me and is going to publish it in like the British Journal of Medicine. Oh, cool. And they were like, he came by like my last day and he's like, can I have some permission to like, you know, can you fill out these forms for me? And I was like, <laughs> what's it for? And he's just like, oh, I want to do it. Like, you know, put together a case study about you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what's my uncle for? had a, had a rare eye disease, um, has a rare eye disease. Um, and, uh, yeah, when he went to the, when he went to, the, to get it looked at, he had to go to like Johns Hopkins and they were like, wow, um, pretty incredible. Like you should, uh, can we just like take some pictures of this? We need them for textbooks. I just I thought that was so cool, dude. Like, that's, that's awesome. That's I wouldn't so be cool in a textbook. Well, you might be. Yeah, I don't think so. Huh, but it was cool on because how influential the study is, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Um, but like, yeah, so basically, they were like, um, you know, years and years and years and years and years ago, when I was very young, um, I was diagnosed with um, uh, rheumatoid, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. And I've always kind of operated under that. Like that was like kind of like it was like, eh, you've got juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. There's nothing really we can do about it because all the medications are basically like hardcore immunosuppressants and you don't want that shit because you're like 13. So yeah. we're just gonna treat you with a leave. And so I was on high dose elite for twenty-five years. Whoa. That's I was a lot taking, of a leave to take. Well, yeah. And so here's the fucking thing about a leave and ibuprofen and all the other NSAIDs that there's a teeny little warning on the back of the box about, but they don't fucking tell anyone is that they all massively increase your risk of cardiac problems. Yeah. And like, and it's not like a like, oh, it thins your blood or like anything like that. Like, no, it's like, no, it fucks with your cox shit. And like that, like makes you have strokes. Oh God. So and kids so- out there. Just Jeez. ease it back with the Advil, you know? Like just, <laughs> Kids are always abusing Advil. That's what Zoomers do. Dude, fucking, man, fucking Zoomers. I know. that The, the discourse about them today, I assume, is because of their rat, rabbit Advil. Uh, um, oh, yeah, Zoomers are just constantly, they're just grinding that shit up and snorting it before class. Ugh. I hope and I'm like, y'all, thoughts. y'all, chill out. Ritalin, it's better. And they're like, fuck you, we got fucking NSAIDs. <laughs> 
I, I will, I'll never read a, a warning label. I'm I'm 17. Yeah. It's it was, it was it's our fault. We we brought we let Tylenol come back and have like fancy ads where they cared about us, and it's the salicylic acid, you know, that like no Tylenol's on salicylic acid. What is that? Tylenol. Uh, what is the? Uh, it's the aspirin. It's the salicylic acid shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, Tylenol's the the. Uh, Clearasil is a gateway drug. Acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the bullshit. So now the so here's the fucked up thing. So I've got heart failure, and this is what happened. This is why I have cirrhosis. It's called cardiac cirrhosis. It's a special oh God, kind of cirrhosis. Cardiac cirrhosis. That's un- That's like that's a nightmare. Right. <laughs> so here's the deal. Basically, um, I had heart failure, uh, which means my heart can't. It basically means your heart cannot pump. Can, can't eject the blood properly. Okay. Um, and so your your heart is supposed to squeeze the blood out, you know, like blood comes in and it goes and squeezes it out. So it goes to the rest of your body. Right on. Yeah. When you have heart failure, your heart doesn't pump as well. And so mine, um, mine pumps shitty now. Mine pumps like when I before before I went into the hospital, my pump, my heart was pumping at 10 percent. So 10 percent of the blood that went into my heart was being ejected. Um, oh God, and you need to be good. more like 40 to 60 um, yeah, you actually don't want to be, like your, your you don't want to be too hogging high. that blood. Apparently you can like, you can have a heart that's like hyper efficient and it's really bad. Um, too. <laughs> you don't want to, your, 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 your heart needs to be very middle of the road. It needs to be mediocre as possible. The heart needs a strong Republican. It needs to be, you, you need a heart that's a McElroy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Yeah, your heart you, has to your heart has to put out a podcast about D and D, but your heart also has to yell at uh, a worker at a store for I don't know wearing a mask wrong. And then we all have to like spend the rest of our time being like, no, we don't really believe that CBD is magic. We just don't like when you yell at workers. <laughs> Except for me, because CBD is magic. Because I put some CBD shit on my shoulder the other day, and that shit worked. And I'm pretty sure it was the menthol that was in it, because it was like really good shit. Now that actually does. But I'm gonna help. also be yeah. like, no, it was the CBD because fuck the McElroys. It's a fun thing to become a CBD person. I think. I think it seems really fun. Like I always wanted to be like, um, you know, like the nootropic people in like oh, the yeah. 90s. No, I wanted to be those people, too. I wanted to think that I can make my brain work. Right. I was like, I was like, no, we got to do the vasopressin and we got to get like the DHEA and like we're going to take all this stuff and put it in our body and we're going to become gods because Ray Kurzweil told us that was what we were fucking doing. Um, and, and honestly, if the, the man created predictive text, let's not delve into what else he thinks, but uh at that point, we have to trust him. There was a documentary I watched once about Ray Kurzweil, and there was a great moment where William Shatner is in it. <laughs> and he's at, like, a convention with Ray Kurzweil. And Kurzweil is giving this big convention about vitamins and shit like that and the, the singularity and all that Kurzweil and shit. Sure. Um, and they, ta- they actually get Shatner, like, on camera for this documentary. And he's just like... I'm William Shatner and I want to live. I, I need to live forever. And Ray Kurzweil tells me I'm going to live forever if I do this stuff. So you're goddamn right. I'm going to take all these vitamins and I'm going to live forever because I'm William Shatner. And it's the most incredibly <laughs> honest moment from him. It's just like <laughs> you showed up at this thing and you wanted to be on camera to tell people that you are William Shatner and you are going to live forever. And if I, any one of us is living forever, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Like it was fucking wild. 
Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I, it was really funny though because every like every five minutes at the hospital, someone like was coming by and they were like they had a little clipboard and they were like taking notes. And I had I had like a whole wing of doctors like literally just kind of like doting on me because they you were, were like, all the most fascinated. interesting case in the hospital. Yeah, I think they were like, just like, thank God it's not COVID. We can we can do something else. My parents like, work at a hospital and COVID fatigue is, uh, I mean, just like COVID interest fatigue. Not that they don't take care of them, but just like the idea yeah. of like, oh yeah, it's, it's COVID again. That's real. They, they get tired just like everyone else about it. So so I had a whole bunch of doctors all kind of coming to look at me and like trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And But they would come in and they'd take notes. And every single one of them was like, and you, you don't take any weird shit, right? Like you're not taking any supplements or like weird <laughs> GNC stuff. You don't ever do that. <laughs> so it was really funny because the thing that everyone asked was like, are you taking any weird supplements? Are you going to the GNC? And it was always, are you going to the GNC? GNC? Yeah. I haven't been to a GNC. I don't know if I've ever been to a GNC. Maybe once or twice. I think I went through one and browsed one when I was like when malls were still a thing, <laughs> and I was still living in like a place that had a suburb. Sure, <laughs> but like, um, yeah. So they would always ask that, and then it was, "Have you done any hard drugs? Have you ever done cocaine?" Do you do a lot of cocaine? Are you sure you don't do cocaine? And like they kept trying to trap me in these like, you know, like the the personality tests that ask you like the same question six different ways, trying yeah. to get you to like, you know, get, properly report on yourself. They just did the cocaine test. on. They you. did that. But we did it with cocaine and heroin. And I was just like, you guys think I have a really cool life. <laughs> and I'm pissed because apparently that's how I'm supposed to end up in this hospital with heart failure and like and you cardiac up there by, like living well. Yeah, I got here because like, you know, I was born like genetically different and like my immune system hates me. Well, <laughs> shit. Rude. That's that, that that's I'm not sucks. even like, and you know what the bullshit thing is? So, so here's the thing. Eventually, like the rheumatologist, she does all these tests. I mean, she's like, here's the thing. I don't think it's rheumatoid arthritis at all. I think that we, you were misdiagnosed and this is a common thing, um, especially with juvenile arthritis and that juvenile, you actually don't have juvenile arthritis. You always had psoriatic arthritis and that that is causing kind of like plaques you know that like we you know you normally get the psoriasis plaques on your skin you were getting you were getting them in your arteries and that is what was causing this buildup um mm. you know in that that blocked your artery and gave you the heart attack and that's that's what we're going to treat you for and so that's her big theory and she went to you miss so i fucking trust her completely yeah, why not? Like, yeah, of course like, <laughs> like you went to that school and it's really good my uncle's really smart he went there and he only went to you know the school of education. So he didn't even get a Yeah. He didn't get a medical degree there. Yeah. No, he's got a master's like, you know, <laughs> shit. Um, so yeah. So, so that's kind of the deal, which is bullshit. Cause I'm like, man, I'm not even like a pro golfer, like Phil Mickelson, but now I have Phil Mickelson all the day. Like, like, <laughs> oh, I've got psoriatic arthritis and I'm a pro golfer and I've got a lot more money than you, but I'm getting money from pharmaceutical companies that aren't going to give you a dime to pay for this medication. It's going to cost you about a thousand dollars a month. You're allowed to like, drink. You're allowed to drink as many Arnold Palmers as you want now though. Dude. No, I'm not because I'm on <laughs> fluid restriction. Because that's so that's the fun thing. So heart failure basically is like it's like a bad plumbing situation. So like now my heart, you know, I need to like very carefully regulate sodium and my fluids so that my blood pressure stays at this like perfect ratio where my heart can pump properly. And also like I don't get lightheaded and dizzy, which has been my problem lately because they were like, 
you need to stay under this number, like 1500 milligrams of sodium a day, and you need to stay, you know, under 64 ounces of fluid a day. And my fucked up eating disorder brain was like, I can get those numbers as low as possible, bitches. (laughs) I can drink just enough to stay alive and I can completely cut out sodium. And, um, I went to the doctor like just yesterday and he was like, um, so you're still getting lightheaded. And I'm like, yeah. Also, so my cardiologist, I have two cardiologists and they're great. One is Dr. Rene Alvarez and he is just big and jovial and he's like kind of like Hector Elizondo from Chicago Hope. Um, and he always wants a fist bump and he's like really just like super gregarious and I love him. But the other one best life with the elbow bump, uh, COVID thing, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, but, um, so the, so the other, the other doctor, Dr. Berlowski, um, he, he looks like Rick Moranis and he kind of has this attitude of like, Chekhov from the new the, the Star Trek movies. Okay, okay. And like that is him and he's brilliant and he's great and he's really nice. Um but like having Rick Moranis who presents as you know as Chekhov yelling at you about you need to drink more fluids. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like it's like I can't well, believe I'm telling that? anyone this, but you need to drink more fluids. It must be so difficult to take it seriously. It's 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 like it's kind of it kind of is. Oh, that's wonderful though. I mean, honestly, what a blessing to have two like interesting doctors. Yeah, no, like it is, and like you know, um, my rheumatologist is like you know she's this just like very like fastidious but like very hyperactive um chinese woman and like she's great she wanted to x-ray my entire body because she was just like let's just x-ray everything (laughs) whoa and i was like do i like you know am i gonna like am i gonna turn into the hulk like do i get like superpowers for this and she's just like well no because it's not that kind of radiation and i'm like well that's bullshit and she's like but you'll get lots of cool pictures of the inside of your body and I'm like, okay, fair deal. Like, absolutely knew what to tell you at that point. Like, yeah, like, it was just like, you know. So shout out to I, Thomas I Jefferson University Hospital because they have been doing great. Um, it also, like, my total amount of care right now is about $271,000. So um, also kind of fuck them, but, like. <laughs> Are you paying all of it or? Uh... Um, well, so we're working on getting me on Medicaid. Good. Which is a whole fucking ordeal. But like once they put that through, it's just like so many fucking forms and so many fucking like, you know, like I, I send in my tax return for 2019 because that was the one I had because it was fucking January 7th. And they were like, right. no, 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 we need 2020. We need the most current. And I'm like, are you I, I, uh, they're pulling they're pulling that they're pulling that on you like the same way that the government does with the, with the stimulus. Yeah. Like, So then I had to go and I had to go and like do my 2020 taxes, which was great because I didn't have like, I don't know how much paste sends me checks. And I'm so grateful that paste sends me checks when I write stuff for them because I like barely remember to like invoice, you know? So like the fact that the fact that I can like, you know, get checks from them. I now I'm like, well, fuck, I don't have a, I don't have my, my 1099 yet. 
what am I supposed to do? And like, so they're all like, oh. you know, I'm like, okay, I'll just, I guess I have to go back through an, an entire last year's worth of bank statements and figure out which of these are paste checks and then add them all up and go through this whole thing. And like, so I did all that and I sent it in and then they were like, Oh, but you didn't fill out the schedule C form. You just did the, you know, the regular like oh, 1040. No. And I'm like, what the fuck is a schedule C? I've never filled uh, out a schedule C. Yeah, and they're like, it's I'm, an independent proprietorship thing. And I'm like, I have never filled that out because I'm just an individual. I'm Money comes in and I spend C. it. Fuck off. That's the dumbest form. It sucks. Yeah. So then like, so it's like been like a whole process and I feel bad because there's this really nice social worker at the hospital and she has been like, very patient with me and very kind and very sweet. And like, she was there like, and, like, you know, my, my, the, my first week in the hospital, just like helping me go through all this. And she's like, you know, sending me these like kind of like helpful notes. Like I need that other form again, because you know, it's, it's $271 thousand dollars that you owe and we need to get this done. And I'm like, okay, I'll send that on. And I send it on and she's like, Oh, actually, sorry. They want something different. Oh, that's like the kind of job like people in those jobs are so nice and like so helpful and patient. And like, I, I honestly can't even begin to understand how how you like don't just freak out all the time. No, like I don't know how she is interfacing between me and the state government and not completely losing her shit. And I know she's got like at least like a 100 other people that she's working with. I was doing I was doing taxes. and probably getting paid like. $35,000 a year to do it. Yeah, which is certainly absurd. not enough. I was doing taxes recently and, uh, and like I realized like I, I, I pay my, um, I pay my producer, uh, a salary cause he does really good work. Um, but you know, it's always just been like, you know, I'll pay him some money. And I don't know, like whatever. Um, but <laughs> I realized as we would, um, realize like, as I was doing, it, I was like, maybe I need to tell my accountant about this. Cause my wife, like part of her job, she gets an accountant, which is like a huge help. Um, and so we had our whole thing fi filled out and I was like, okay, um, quick thing. I have an employee and I might need to send him a 1099. <laughs> and he was just <laughs> like, he was like, Oh yeah, cool. Just send me his name, all that stuff. And I was like, this is, if someone did that to me after I did all their taxes, I would just like, I, I don't know what I would send them, you know, probably like 800 uh, words of just like, just the worst expletives I could think of. Yeah. But I guess like at that one, it's like, I guess it's modular at that point. I don't know. I don't know I how, like, like I, I don't like really the first thing of order is like collective action against Quicken and TurboTax. And we need to just like kill them all. Oh, it's so bad. Like, honestly, just like a, a, a like I had no idea how bad those two were until I sort of like realized about the like the TurboTax lobby and stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, oh. Well, it was really horrible. funny because um, we when I, I used to work at VCU and we had um, one of the accounting professors. She was this wonderful, wonderful woman. And all she did was blast um, Chris Christopherson albums like all day long in her office. OK, um, she just she ate peanut butter. She ate peanut M&Ms and blasted Chris Christopherson. But every like <laughs> every tax season she would come by every office that had like kind of student workers and she would just be like, all right, y'all, I rented out the conference room. Just like, you know, come by, write down your name when you can like on the, on this like schedule and like, we will, I will do your taxes. And she did every student employee's taxes, like, That's you so know, great. for free. And it was just like such a oh help. God. Um, 
Yeah, like the, yeah, I like people who do that are just yeah, they're saints. I mean, like honestly, because like I can't, I can't even imagine, I can't imagine having the patience for one person, let alone two arms of that. As you say, like the the government and and you, like not that you are like I'm sure you were super nice to her, like you know you know. You, you know, one of your one of your best skills is to know exactly who to yell at and not to yell at. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like it's. It, oh God, I can't even imagine. So, I, like, I have to ask. So, is your is your heart better? I think so. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, like, this is this is kind of wild. And like, uh, content warning for talking about weight and numbers. I'm just gonna okay. take a little minute. Weight and numbers. You know, um, I went into the head maybe five minutes. We yeah. won't be into the meat of the episode. Don't worry. Oh, it'll just be, it'll also be just like a minute. Um, oh, okay. So when I went into the hospital, I weighed 280 pounds. When I left, I weighed 216. Wow. I didn't lose any fat or anything like that. I, that was fluid. I was carrying around like 70, 60, 70 pounds of fluid that my oh body my had retained. Was that um, was that water or blood or like I guess it was just water? I don't know. Okay. I mean, but wow. basically, so the first thing I did is like when they got me into the hospital room, they were like, "We're going to put you on, you know, this this diuretic, this IV diuretic, and um, you're going to pee into this little graduated cylinder." And like it was really funny because like I was like, "Okay, sure," and like I was just like I got like they'd come by every now and like they'd like to collect my my thing, and I was like, "Okay, I can't." I can't pee into a jug and then keep it around until you come by and then you kind of like pick it up and look at it and go, oh, okay. And then pour it into the toilet and then like rinse it out and then like bring it back to me. I'm like, I cannot do that. That is that's too some weird. Like, that's some like, uh, that's some Reddit, uh, some subreddit uh, like nightmare stuff. Right. Right. There. And so though I did, I did, I did take a picture. Like the first time I filled it all the way to the top, I was just like. I just peed out 2,000 milliliters, bitches. I'm going to take a picture wow. of that. And, that's um, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, and I was doing that for like five days. Oh, man. Like every couple of hours. That has to be like, again, not to be crude, but like that has to be like a, a, an absurdly long piss. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. And then there's always the concern that you're like, what if I go above the lid? <laughs> yeah because you're trying I to like you're about. trying to like deal with this contraption and you can't really like pay attention to what's going on but you're just like in this like tiny little hospital bathroom and you've got like your junk uh, in this like jug and you're like what happens if i pee too much what if pee <laughs> but too much and like and a couple times like it was it was like it was like well shit okay that's 2000 got to dump that out real fast because we're kill going here we've got more more fluid to process and oh, then man. like they come by and you're like i did 3740 milliliters and they just look at you like jesus god you're not <laughs> supposed to be doing that and i'm like it's i did like, it this is this was a good moment for you as like a like a former gifted kid archetype uh to to be able to like to to report back Right. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, it was great because like, I mean, well, OK, so so here's the fun thing about being in the hospital with heart failure is there are so many games that you, you can got to find the fun in it. Yeah. And there are so many games. So like the first game I had to play was they kept doing um, some ultrasounds of my chest. Okay. Um, and one of the fun things with that is 
you get to see it because they're like sitting there like i'm just like on a gurney in the hallway and they're like okay we're just gonna just gonna put some of this conductive fluid on you we're gonna do this ultrasound and i'm like oh you're trying to see that hold on let me let me wiggle my body and so i started doing these like like wiggling my body so that i could adjust the picture so the picture was clearer and the, <laughs> and the doctor was like what are you doing and i'm like i'm trying to get you a better picture I'm like, you're trying to look at like my, my, my spleen now. Right. And he's like, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, because that's where you are. And I'm like, let me see, I can get you a better. And he's like, actually, if you could just stretch up and like to the left a little more. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so we had this whole game where I'm like, hold on, let me move my ribs out of the way so that you can see, you know, like the side of my heart better. And so this, it was this kind of like weird motion game where I was moving my body to make the picture better. Um, and find the hidden objects. I think it it's like, cool that you found a like a late 3DS game in the hospital. Right. Exactly. Well, so then then the other then like when I finally got into the hospital room, that's when they were like, okay, we're going to put all these wires on you, and you have telemetry, you know, because they want to yeah, sure. keep track of your heart rate and your pulse and all that shit. Honestly, if telemetry didn't have their eye on you, I would be wondering what was up at that point. Yeah. But well, so here's the problem with telemetry. Telemetry is a stealth, you know, is a stealth game. <laughs> because if your telemetry starts being wonky, a nurse comes in and then they get fussy. And I don't mean, well, no, it's not wrong. They don't get fussy. They start fussing over you, you know, uh, like, okay, yeah. like an aunt when you've got like chocolate ice cream on your face at like yeah. the zoo. They, um, yeah, they get the, they get the napkin, they lick it. Yeah. yeah. And so you don't want that because you just want to get up and go across the room and pay. That's all you want to do because you're yeah. full of fluid and you're on diuretics and you just need to pee into a jug. And that's already weird enough. You don't want the nurse. You don't want the really cute nurses to come in while you're sitting there trying to pee into a jug. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Like, that, like you just don't want that. Like you're like you're sitting there in the hospital gown. You've got wires going out everywhere. You're like you haven't showered in like, you know, a couple of days and you're peeing into a jug way more than any human being should ever pee. You don't want the really cute nurse to come in right then and there being like, oh, my God, what your telemetry is all fucked up. But you have yeah, to your like, sex appeal is already taking a hit. You don't want like. It, yeah. It's right. Yeah. So like I was sitting there and I'm like, OK, I have to take the pulse ox was the one thing like that. I had my electrodes were, you know, my heart monitor and stuff like that. That was all wireless. And I kept it in a little pocket in my pouch, like in my um, my gurney or not my, my, my gurney had a pocket. No, my um, <laughs> My gown had a pocket that I could keep the like battery pack for the telemetry. Um, okay. So that I could I could move that, but the but the the pulse ox it goes on your finger. Um, that was wired to the monitor next to my bed, and that was the fucking that was the narc. So I had to take that off so I could go pee, and so it became that a game of taking off the pulse ox. And trying to get out of bed and sauntering my way to the bathroom and peeing and like getting them, getting the measurement, finding the meniscus on my pee jug and then like mm -hmm. dumping it out, rinsing it out, like, and then getting back into bed, putting my pulse socks on without the nurse finding out that I'd taken my pulse socks off. Ooh, and that's like, tricky. Yeah. And it was, and there was one day when I was like, I had just, um, I had just gotten back and they had disconnected me from my telemetry in the ward. I was, I was in the cardiac ward because they had to take me down to get an MRI uh -huh. and they connected me to theirs. And I was just like, when I got back, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I have not reconnected to my telemetry yet. 
So I can go ahead and just like take these off. I can take this shit off and I can take a shower. Oh, nice. And so like, so then it became this whole like weird, like, hit, like it kept becoming like these games of like Hitman levels where it was like, <laughs> can I sneak back into my room and not let them know that I have been returned to my room? Because like, you have to make sure you haven't, like they don't know that you've been returned. Because like they get notifications like, yeah, we brought the patient back to their room. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to like avoid that. So I'm going to take these electors off real fast because they don't know that I'm back yet and they haven't expected me. So last thing you want is for that. Like, so I'm going to sneak in, I'm going to run and take a shower over your head. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to run and take a shower and then I'm going to dry off super fast and I'm going to reconnect all these electrodes. And like, I almost made it that time. But I got narked on by the the dinner person, oh. the person who came to bring my dinner. They were like, they were like, oh, you're back. Like, we didn't know what you wanted. So we just kind oh. of like, we went by what you've been getting. And I was like, oh, thanks. Mm. I'm was drenching. the nurse in there while you, while they said that? No, the nurse was like standing oh. out in the hallway and like they just like said it real loud. And I was just like, it's okay. You can just leave my meal there. I'm <laughs> Oh, I Naked was and wet and covered in a towel. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brutal. But then, like, um, you know, they wanted me to like walk around the hospital, and that was always like fascinating to like like the nurses because they were like, You're, "We thought you'd just like take a few steps on the hallway, and you were on the other side of like the hospital." And I was just like, "Well, yeah, because <laughs> where are you? I mean, I'm supposed to walk. Like, what good is walking like twenty feet?" you got these little things over everywhere that says like just 10 more feet will help prevent a stroke. And they have these stickers all over the walls every, <laughs> every 10 feet. And it's like, just 10 feet will help prevent a stroke. And I'm like, I mean, okay. honestly, at that point, when you're in there after they said like you had too many NSAIDs, so you might just have a stroke at any point. Like, right. What, what do you, what do they expect you to do? Well, so I, I was like, I was a champion. Cause I was just like sitting there. I was like, you know, it's like the hero of the, of the cardiac work. Cause I was just like, okay, so it's every 10 feet. All right, well, I'll just keep following these. The more 10 feet I rack up, the less stroke likely I am. <laughs> so, of I mean, course. It seems, seems reasonable. Right. I'm just like, I'm like, well, well, shit. I've got a lot of years of NSAIDs to make up for. So let's keep. And then, like, I found, like, a ramp. <laughs> it was a series of ramp, of, like, inclines. And I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, you know, interval training. Let's just go up these ramps. I'll go up these ramps. And, like. It was really funny because, like, I got back to my room and, like, the nurses would be like, we had a number of doctors who were wondering who the fuck you were. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you he mean? They're wandering like, into, into yeah, like, they were like, they were like, there's this patient that's just wandering around and going, walking up and down, like, the ramps. And, like, I was, like, I would walk up and down the ramps and then I'd walk back down the ramps and I'd walk back up the ramps. And I do that a couple of times because I'm like, this is exercise and I'm supposed to be getting exercise. And they meant, like, walk down the hallway and come back. And I was just like, fuck that. I'm going to walk all over the, over the place. It's I'm bored. Time. I don't want to keep sitting in my room. And I would. Like, I'd have my, I'd, I had my phone. I had my wireless headphones. And I'm just, like, walking. And, like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then, like, a doctor would come in and be like, I saw you the other day. And you were, you were like, over by peds. What's going on? And I'm like. You're, you're like, you're the meme of, like, oh, no, she's got her, she's got her AirPods in or something like that. Like, like yeah, like, it was really <laughs> funny because, like, doctors would just, like, be like, what the fuck is even going on with this patient? Uh, at, mean, one point, like, I, at one point, I was stopped by, like, a doctor in the hallway and they were like, who are you and what are you doing? And I'm like, 
oh, I'm, I'm Dustin Lucina. I'm a patient of Dr. Alvarez. And they're like, that's cardio. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you're in neurology. And I'm like, I don't know. They told me I should walk. And they're like, okay, you've walked a very long way. I'm going to get transport to come take you back in a wheelchair because I, I'm worried that you might just drop dead. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, that, you know, like there's so much, not that it's fair that you would die, but like it's fair that you like, there's so much lit- litigation that I know that like, you know, my, my stepdad is an ER doc and he will say sometimes like people will just like, they'll order CAT scans for them because like if they go to the hospital after a broken leg and they have a brain tumor and they die, that's, they're going to get big time sued. Yeah. So I, I'm sure they were worried that you were just going to drop dead and people would blame them. Well, and like that was like, it was like a thing is like, you know, I kept wanting to not wear their, their grippy socks. Um, <laughs> I mean, that honestly, they are not great. No, they're not great. But I was like, look, I, I have these expensive running shoes. Let me, I have these expensive running shoes and my, my, my partner just bought me fucking Bombas for, for Christmas. Let me wear... Oh, let me wear my fucking Bombas, which I feel really bad because I have I have made fun of so many friends for having to do Bombas ad reads. <laughs> the hype is fucking real. Uh, well, and they give they give a they give a free pair to homeless people, right? Like <laughs> something like that, yeah, something like that. But um, like, but yeah, no, I, I like honestly, it it's funny when it's funny when the ad read comes true, right? Like, yeah, when you get something and it's like, oh man, this is. This is really good. <laughs> it's like, oh, this, this doesn't, this isn't just punishment for Rob Zachney. It's actually a good product. Shit. Um, <laughs> but like both. But it was really funny because like they, they, the nurses would come in. They're like, oh, you've got those great socks. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you need to take them off and you need to put the grippy ones back on. And I'm like, God damn it. And they're like, yeah, I know. It's not fair, is it? But all the nurses, all the nurses were like really hype about Bombas too. So like we were all like bonding over the Bombas and how... It was mean that I had to take them off and put the grippy socks on, but policy is policy, and I respect that. So, um, what's cool? What's cool about you as a patient, I think, is that like you you kind of were there in solidarity with all your caregivers. Like it was not it was not you versus them. This was like this was like you guys were in it, all in it together. Well, yeah, like it was really funny because like nurses, like the nurses and doctors both kept coming by and they're like, "God, you were such a good patient," and I'm like, "Well, you're trying to keep me alive. Like, why would I be belligerent?" <laughs> and they're like, "You'd be surprised," and I'm like, "No, you tell me do the thing, it'll keep you alive. I'll do the fucking thing because it'll keep me alive." I mean, look, this is my position too, but my grandmother is well, she's in rehab now. She broke her hip, um, and she's in rehab now for the hip, but she. She is a, a, a great lady. I love my grandmother a lot, but uh, she's a difficult patient in, in many ways. And one of the reasons is because she will second, not second guess, but like she'll just tell the doctors, like, I'm not doing that. Or, like, you know, like, you know they'll, they'll say, like, oh, like, you can't smoke in the hospital. Can we get you a patch? And she'll just say, like, I'm not addicted to nicotine. It's the feeling. So that won't help me at all. Like, you know, just like very much a I don't have to listen to this uh, kind of person. I think that's very common. I, I can't imagine it. Like, if, if a doctor says, hey, Listen, um, you know, walk 10 feet and you won't have a stroke. I'll walk the 10 feet. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, I have definitely, you know, I had a doctor when I was, it was funny because this was a story I got to tell to, like, my cardio docs. Um, I had a pediatrician when I was, like, a kid. And he, you know, anytime I had a problem, I'd come to him and I'd be like, I'd go to them and I'd be like, oh, so this is happening. And they'd be like, he'd be like, well, it's because you're fat. And here's a book on on weight loss. 
And he was like, and he was one of those skinny hyper, like, you know, really like high strung type A types, but he was skinny. Um, And one day he told me that like, I I went in and I was just like, oh, you know, I'm having bad kind of cystic acne. Um, You know, I don't know if like, maybe like we should try something like better than like, you know, I'm washing my face regularly and I don't, it's not working. And he was just like, well, you have acne because you're fat. And if you had just, you know, if you had been addressing your fatness, like I told you, you oh, you wouldn't have acne. That's just bad doctoring. That sucks. Two weeks later, he died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, only only rip because I don't want to bring that evil upon me, but also, yeah, it's pretty poetic. That's but great. it's just like one of those things. It's just like fuck you, you prick. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait. It was really funny because he was like, he was like cruel and mean to everyone. And then he fucking just like died of a massive coronary. He just like, and he like dropped dead in like the, in a patient room. Like one, it was like, it was like, haha, I win. The patient um, must have been loving that too. Dude. Yeah. Like, right. It was like pediatrician. So it was like probably, you know, God. Oh yeah. Actually, boy, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, I'm glad I, this like, it sounds like it was kind of like, an adventure in a certain it's really <laughs> funny because like uh, in some ways i miss i miss being in the hospital uh-huh like there like absolutely there's like there is like the kind of like thing it's like oh um i don't have to you know i i have i am being abnegated of my responsibilities um and i am focusing entirely on myself and i'm supposed to be specifically being supposed to focus entirely on myself and my recovery and that's a weird thing that you do not get offered under like you know the society we live in oh yeah never you don't get you don't you don't get to do that unless you're in the fucking hospital and then it's like no your job is literally to care about yourself you have to do it yeah, yeah. exactly and if you don't someone will yell at you right you're and not, not only resting that, enough right and not only that but you have other people that are all constantly caring about you so it's really like holy shit like i am receiving so much care like, you know, my partner really cares about me and I like would not be functional without my partner, but it's not a team of nurses and doctors who have all like <laughs> tunnel visioned in on me and are checking on me every hour and a half. Now, look, you know? in fairness, I bet those doctors don't love you as much. It's true. They don't. And like, you know, I can't count on them to put out decent DPS you know, when like we're running up against the enrage timer in Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> but like, you know, great, great segue. Wonderful. Right. Amazing. Just, just killing it. It's really funny because like when getting getting out of the hospital, like there is a big transition because one, you are going from this like cocoon of absolute self-indulgence in a way. Um, and like and like care. And like, it's, it's just like, everything is about you. Um, it's like, mm. it's like being like a toddler again, almost like, you know, it's like, holy shit. Like really not a toddler. It's like being a newborn. Um, <laughs> like you're just kind of in bed, half naked and people come by and just kind of like shove food at you and like check your temperature and Doing like, okay go like, there, sweetie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you want a fruit cup? Okay. We'll bring you, fr- we'll bring you fruit cup. Um, and then you come home and it's like, well, shit, now I have to transition back to my life. Um, and this, that has actually been kind of hard because, Mm. um, I haven't wanted to write. Um, like I I, I don't, I mean, you, you went through a trauma. It's not, it's not unreasonable. And that that was the thing is like, I, um, 
I was talking to Cameron Kunzelman about it. Um, have you had Cameron on? You should I have haven't Cameron yet. On. No, uh, I know he's talked about busy as shit, but like you should absolutely have Cameron. No, we're friends. I, I, yeah, no, no, no. I've, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to cast bougie aspersions, um, but like <laughs> you know, glass houses and all. But the, uh, yeah, like I, I, I like him. I haven't had him on though yet. Um, I think because every time we've thought about it, one or the other of us have been like super busy. But, uh, yeah, no, I know. Like I tried to get Cameron to do um, Exquisite Corpse for Dragon's Dogma, and Cam was like, "I would love to. I am so fucking busy," and I'm just like. That's fair. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, so we, we talked about it. It was like, no, no, you have to understand you went through a trauma and that's real. And it's like, and that has been the hardest thing really adjusting. Cause like, it's really funny. Cause you come back and you think, oh, I can't, I can't drink. And I can't smoke and I can't have salt and I can't like, you know, have cholesterol. And like, oh, I have to change all these things about my life. That's fucking easy. It is so yeah. easy. Like to just be like, if I have a cigarette, it might kill me. So I won't, you know, if right, I have, right. if I eat like, you know, an entire pizza hut pizza, it will kill me. So I won't, you know, like it's very easy to just be like, okay, I'm going to eat like, you know, fish and leafy greens. Although I can't eat leafy greens cause I'm on Coumadin right now. And apparently vitamin K is the devil, but wow. You can't have vitamin K. I, I have to lim- severely limit my vitamin K for the time being Wow. Because they want to blast my my bloodstream with Coumadin, which is um, a blood thinner. Sounds um, like they want to blast it with cumin. I, <laughs> I, dude, I know that's like a, a ridiculous thing to say, but it does sound seriously. Like the amount of like it's like the amount of cumin I've been using in my life now since I can't have like salt. I'm just like I'm like well I can't have salt I can't do salt in anything but you know spice. what cumin is great cumin and yeah. oregano I can solve every every problem with cumin and oregano yeah you can maybe a little bit of cayenne yeah yeah but um so like yeah um you think that's like the big the private problem and like the big problem is really just like accepting the fact that you have had trauma mm-hmm. and yeah. like and that like you know it's like I'm thinking about it like you know I've had all sorts of major trauma I have PTSD I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD for fuck's mm. sake you know it's just like you have multiple traumas and you have multiple PSDs and like your life has been fucked okay yeah. but then it's like well guess what here's this thing is actually a trauma and you you might think you're above it but you're not <laughs> and right and that has been really hard to accept. And like, it was like Cameron being like, no, no, you've been through a trauma and guess what? You're not ready to write yet. Um, I mean, and, Cameron is 100% correct. Yeah. And like, like, it's, yeah, that's exactly correct. But I am so programmed. I'm like, you know, I was in the fucking ER. I was literally, I had gotten out of an MRI and my first impulse was, I can spin this into an article for paste for fuck's sake. <laughs> that was where my brain was at. I was like, I need to like write an article. I can do that. You know, at one point I was like sitting there like listening to video game podcasts because I'm like, well, it's January and it's a new month. And that means we need to do an audio logs. And right. like, uh, like I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm, I'm in the ER. Like I have tomorrow. I'm going to go get up like, you know, a defibrillator installed in my chest cavity for fuck's sake. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I can write about video game soundtracks. What? No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it, it really is like, it truly is like just, I, I don't know. Like it, it is a, 
I, I feel like it's a hard thing to to figure out because it, it's it's an acceptance of like you have to break. I'm trying to think, like you have to break your own like uh, routines, right? And like one of I think are the most like ingrained routines if you're a freelancer at any point in your life is like oh, if I'm not doing work right now, I am actively hurting myself and my family. Like, especially, like, you with your partner and me with my family, like, you have someone else in there and you're like, I should probably be, like, doing this because, you know, if I'm doing poorly, they are also doing poorly in a way, right? Yeah. Um, and then well, the other thing... Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the other thing is just, like, uh, like even small traumas. Like, I the the one that, that hit me the hardest is, like, a dumb thing, too. Um was when I was in uh, college, I dropped, uh, I, I worked at a museum and uh, I was not, not a big, big deal museum, just my college museum. Um, but like we did, we did some, like, we did some, um, uh, you know, some uh, cleaning of the stuff and, 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 and archiving and things like that. And one of the things we did was uh, we moved these like heavy boxes around one day and the, <laughs> the heavy box fell and like chopped my finger uh, right along my pinky, right along the the like the, the I don't know what you would call it, like the inside knuckle. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It cut some nerves, and to this day, my pinky is still numb. Mostly, it was fine. But when I was twenty two, it was like, wait, this is like this is forever. Like my pinky's gonna be like this. Like I, it, literally nothing that impacts my life, but just like the the ability to sort of accept that, right? To be like, this is forever. Like, this is, this, yeah. this is me now. Um, yeah, that's hard too. Like that's, that's really hard. Well, it's like, you know, like I came home and like, you know, I've got a like five inch scar. I don't know. Is it five inch? But a four inch scar, you know, uh, like just below, like about an inch below my clavicle on my left side of my chest. And like, it's, there's this weird kind of hard little lump beneath it. And that's my defibrillator. And that is what's going to keep my heart, like, you know, if anything yeah. happens, it kicks me back alive. And that's there for, I think it's like 17 years is the life, this battery on it. And then I get it replaced. That's never going to change. <laughs> like, that's the thing is like, you know, in 17 years, that will get replaced or I'll be dead. And like, that is something that you think about all the time and you don't even think about it because it's just there. Like, right, right. you know, I'm not actively thinking about it, but it is occupying resources now. Um, yeah, at least, at least for now, at least for now, like, you know, and I feel pretty good about it. I'm like, you know, I got my joke about, I got my jokes in about, you know, cyberpunk 2077 and like the, the nurse who was dragging me um, when I got the procedure. First of all, okay. Twilight anesthesia is the best shit. Oh yeah. I don't know what drugs it is. It's like they give you these drugs and they don't put you out. But like I have never been that high in my entire life. <laughs> and it was really funny. So okay, I have to talk about the surgery because just go back to the sidebar of this cuz this is great. So the surgery for this um uh they, they brought me into this room and strapped me down. And then they, you know, um, plugged my vitals into this giant, like 70 inch LCD TV. 
that was like like right next to me. It was like literally right to the side of my head. I just kind of like look over with my eyes and like I could see my vitals huge in like 4K Ultra Whoa. HD. Yeah. That's wild. That and must it, be that must be unbelievable. It was so fucking wild. I was like, is that me? And they're like, yeah, that's you. So all of the nurses, I had like five nurses for this experience. And like there is this one who is just like this very like milfy older blonde. And <laughs> she was rowdy. I love you describing her as milfy. She was super she milfy. Like um, and she'll never listen to this, which is tragic because she is she is my new she's my new my girlfriend. OK, um, good. But she was like she was like, what do you want to listen to when you do your surgery? And I'm like. I don't know what you got. And she's like, do you want to do David Bowie? And I'm like, yeah, let's do David Bowie. And she's like, good. Cause it's either that, or we've got like Hawaiian ukulele music. And I was like, fuck that David Bowie. And so <laughs> she just puts on like, like, I don't mind Hawaiian. Like I, I, I have enjoyed Hawaiian ukulele. Yeah. Music like, I wasn't those great, but like, you know, she's just like, she just like <laughs> immediately puts on moon age daydream and cranks it. And I'm just like, I'm like, is this the Santa Monica 72 one? And she's just like, yeah, it is. And I'm just like, how did you know that? I'm like, because I remember that's the best version of it. And she's just like, yeah, it is. And she's just like, so what's it like just having a room? Like you're all strapped down and you've got just a room full of attractive women that are like all here concerned about you. And we're about to pump you full of drugs. And I was just like, you when are. you put it that way. I was just like, are you fucking for real? Yeah, so I love her. She was great. And then all the other nurses were like, what's your nickname? Do you have a nickname? I bet you have a cool nickname. And I'm like, no, but in high school, like, my best friend decided to call me D-Love. <laughs> and she was like, D-Love, that's so good. And I'm like, yeah, like, that, that guy really hung around for col- for high school. And and he was like, 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 just the letter D. And I'm like, no, it was D-E-E and then love. And she was like, that's so good. And so they were like, D-Love, we're going to put you, we're going to give you the good drugs now. And like, it was just this wild experience. And then um, the (laughs) the electrophysiology, the electro, electrophysiology, I think that was his his specialty. The electrophysiology doctor comes in and he is this, you know, like very petite Asian man. And he is extremely hyperactive. And he's like, oh, hello, how are you? We're going to put this in your heart now. We're going to do this little, we're going to scrub you up real good. And then we're going to cut a little hole in your chest. And we're going to put a little pocket in there. We're going to slip this in. We're going to put a wire in your heart. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be so great. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'm high as a kite. We're playing. We're blasting David Bowie, like live David Bowie. (laughs) Sure. This is perfect. I've got a harem of nurses. We're already on our way to like, you know, a really good, you know, first season of an anime let's yep. do it <laughs> and so he's like what do you do for a living and i'm like i'm a video games writer and he's like oh you write about video games and i'm like yeah and he's like do you ever write about donkey kong donkey kong is my favorite game i love donkey kong you know i played so much donkey kong i just put quarter after quarter in the donkey kong and he's like sitting there just talking to me for like 45 minutes about donkey kong while david Bowie is david bowie is blasting i've got all these really attractive nurses like dotting on me and like making sure i'm not dying in the middle of this procedure and like then like all of a sudden i feel this like ratcheting feeling and it feels like someone is like stuffing my chest like a fucking thanksgiving turkey and like he i'm like what's going on and he's just like oh i'm just putting it in a little i'm just making the pocket in your chest now it's gonna be great it's gonna be great just think about you know tell me more about your video games you like what kind of video games do you like do you like donkey kong i love donkey kong donkey kong's my favorite ratchet ratchet 
Wow. And like, I don't feel any of this other than like kind of like a weird ripping, tearing feeling, but there's no pain. I am just like blissed out of my mind. And I'm just like, this is the best experience of life. Nothing will ever be better than this surgery. That's incredible. Yeah. Like what a what a like what a perfect way to de- like you know people people always talk like I've, I've always thought about this too like you know oh god would I be scared about dying or like what what would I think like if I was if I was like in in surgery and like and you know like I was about to go under cuz I've never had major surgery um I'll be real like it just it hasn't happened to me but um like I you know you think about that and then like the way you describe it there it's like I don't know there are going to be a lot better way, better ways to die. <laughs> like, not really. Like, it's it's one of those things. Like, I, I think about like you know, like just like like Jacob's ladder, where they're like, you know, Jacob, you're dead. You're dead, Jacob. Jacob, you're dead. And like, there's like the dead babies all around, and he's being pushed like through the gurney and things like that. And I'm almost like, I'm like, wow, it could have been like that, but instead, this is about as close to a fan service anime as you get. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, um, so it's a mixed bag, but anyway, like I come home and like, I have, I have the sensation of there's a thing in my chest that keeps me alive. If I don't have this thing in my chest, I might just drop dead, but also I have it tied to this weird experience of like, you know, that's now been enshrined forever in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. I mean, honestly, you know, hot nurses and like batshit Donkey Kong doctor, you know, and like he's been like really sweet, and I've had to go back to him a couple times, and like um, because I I, I, um, I had some some bleeding um, from like uh, postoperatively after I got home, and he was like, mm. just come in, I'm not gonna bill you, um, but wow. we just need to like check it out, and so like I go in, and he'd just be like, well, you know, it is bleeding, um, we just need to apply pressure for about a half an hour to 45 minutes, so we're just gonna get really well acquainted. <laughs> And so, like, you know, he's just, like, sitting there pressing down on my chest with, like, you know, a gauze band, like, pad. And just, like, so tell me what's been going on with you since you got home. Have you, have you thought about Donkey Kong at all? What do you know about Fortnite? Do you know about Fortnite? <laughs> really my children really love Fortnite. Kong? He really did. Happened? Donkey Kong is his fucking thing. And I told him, I'm like, you know, I never really was a Donkey Kong fan. I was all about Galaga. And he's like, oh, I love Galaga too. Especially the ones where you could sit down at a table. And I was like, yeah, you know, um, because I had used to go to this restaurant all the time in my um, old home, my hometown. Um, and that was where I first played Galaga. But they had Galaga, the little tables you could sit at. And that was like their booths. Like that was just their tables and their restaurant, and it was great. Um, so I, I, we talked about Galaga for forty-five minutes while he just applied pressure to my chest and frequently changed bandages. Unbelievable. Yeah, but um, so like I have all these very like, I have these incredible positive experiences with being diagnosed with fucking heart failure. You know, it's it's really like it. It is sort of like a testament to how much care matters right like i mean like it's something that is just like so obviously undervalued because it's a soft kind of thing it's not like hard material money making stuff but like just like imagining like how much that experience would have changed and affected you differently if it wasn't like that yeah and it but it's also it's also weird because at the same time i'm like i'm like wow some of the best experiences of my life were were the time i was diagnosed with heart failure like, and you, and like you do, you kind of have to grapple with that. And like, it's part of the trauma that like, now I'm dealing with the fact that like, 
I received all this great care, care that like care that my parents, you know, and like teachers and like all these people who were supposed to be very important and supposed to be providing that care my entire fucking life. Never who never did. And it's like, well, shit. Now so I have this to, is what it's like. Now I have to make sense of like what this is means and like how this impacts me and like all that shit. And meanwhile, yeah, I do have that freelancer thing of shit. I'm supposed to be making Let's Plays because my Patreon, you know, supporters, you know, are giving me $700 a month that pays for my ridiculous medications to keep me alive so that I can make to make videos for them. And I want to be making videos for them, but also fuck like I just had, I just got back out of the hospital for heart failure a month ago and I do not know what to do with my life anymore. Yeah. Nothing like, and that was like the thing is like, I got back and like, you know, Hitman three came out like kind of like the week I came back, I got back out of the hospital and I was really hype and I was like, man, I loved Hitman two. Um, this is this is gonna be it. Let me let me do Hitman three, and I'll write about Hitman three, and I will I will be back on the freelancer wagon where I am writing and you know helping support myself and my you know partner, and like I will like do the dishes and I will clean the apartment and the laundry will get done and I will be caring and attentive and also you know a. Uh, 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 dutiful participant in capitalism and the work environment. <laughs> and instead I played like the first level of Hitman, And I was just like, I fucking hate this. This I'm mm. staring at a spreadsheet and like, yeah. and like this is this, why am I doing this? And like, meanwhile, I'm seeing all the other people who are like, Oh, fucking Hitman, It's great. And I'm like, it's not though. It's, it's a spreadsheet. It's another, it's every one of these events is scripted and pre-programmed and, there it's not it's not emergent the way you think it is and eh, i don't care i don't care that the game has like you know prescribed ways in which people can die um yeah and so but i you really did like it in hitman too what like uh, this is this isn't a podcast this isn't a, a hitman episode um but uh so i won't make you talk about it but what's the difference like why did why did three not land for you when two did i don't know huh. um you know, I, and it's not, it's not like, uh, Cameron wrote the really good piece about it for wait for vice, um, vice games that like, um, talks about how it interjects story into the kind of like, you know, clockwork worlds of the game. And I think that my problem is that I never actually liked Hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there is a novelty to like, you know, being a jackass in Hitman. Um, just like there's a novelty in being a jackass in Grand Theft Auto, you know, like you, you can only steal so many cars and go on like, you know, like massive, like hit and run sprees in Grand Theft Auto before it becomes boring because ultimately it is kind of unfulfilling. It's like, well, you know, um, it's the Ubisoft batshit character that shows up and starts like, you know, when you, you you block traffic with a with a bus that you stole, in, in Watch Dogs Two, and then like some character comes out of the street and he's like, "What the fuck is going on? Is it fuck your bus here? It's fuck your bus." But like after like the sixth time you've done that, you just kind of go, "Oh, this is always going to show up and do this every time I block the street with a bus." Right. Exactly. Exactly. It is, yeah, and, and, yeah. and that's the thing. It's thing. It it is the clockwork world. 
it is the clockworkness, and then it's once you have done the clock, you, once once you've seen the mechanic, the, the you know the mechanism of the clock, it's like I know how this is going to do it every time, and mm-hmm. and Hitman does that, and there's nothing else there for me, um, and so I decided to play Ace Combat, and I played Ace Combat, and I really liked playing Ace Combat, but I didn't want to write anything about it. I didn't want to write about Ace Combat. Um, and so you had the you had the horrible thing that's happened to me so many times, which is you're playing a game and thinking I don't have anything to say or write about. This, yeah, so and, I can't play it, which is such a horrible trap to fall into. Yeah, well, and so it was funny, but um, eventually, then my partner decided, you know, we were talking about it, and she's like, you know, they're like, I miss I miss Final Fantasy fourteen, and I'm like, you know, I, I miss I miss Final Fantasy playing for Final Fantasy fourteen with you too. Um, and like we were kind of like, well, we could get back into it. And I'm like, and they were like, I don't know if my laptop can run it. And I'm like, I'm like, no, your laptop can't run it. And they're like, are you sure? Not even like crappy. And I'm like, mm, no. But I want to play Final Fantasy 14 on the PlayStation 4 because I am all about that crossbar life. And my, I have the really super powered desktop now. And you can play it on my desktop. And they were like, I don't want to play it on my, de- I don't want to play, I want to play it on your desktop because it's uncomfortable to sit at your desktop. I'm like, okay, I'll work something out. And then we found this thing called like Moonlight Stream or whatever. And it's like an open source um, NVIDIA shield streaming setup. And so I'm like, we've oh, got, cool. I'm like, we've got really good Wi Fi. Like, we can just like stream this apparently. Cause I was like looking for like, you know, you know, the old steam, the steam link, yeah, shit? The, the steam overlay or the steam link. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, was definitely. trying desperately to find those and like find a way to make it work. And I was like, everything was like, no, it's not going to fucking work. Don't worry about it. Do this instead. Yeah. And they're so not I did that. Good. I have it works one. great. It's, it's, yeah. Like, so this, this like moonlight stream thing or whatever, I'm, I completely forget on the name, but, um, it works fucking great. And so I was like, let's try it out. Let's just, I'll just, you know, pay for a quick, like pay for a month and we'll get you like, you know, we'll try it out and test it out. And it was like, it works great. And so I was like, let's just do this. And they were like, let's do this. And so we've been playing fucking Final Fantasy 14, man. So let me ask you this before we get into it. Cause there's, there's two things that I want to, well, I guess three things, but the, the third thing is the, the Hegelian question you asked me. And I, I've been thinking about it. Um, <laughs> we could leave that for the end. The people have trailed off. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you, uh, the second thing is, is your ranting about Stormblood, which I'm going to say right out, weakest of the three expansions. Um, Heaven's Word is problematic in some ways, but also it swings for the fences way more than Stormblood does. Um, that's just my opinion. I, we, I, I'm, I'm mostly interested in your opinion on this. My, we, you know, my ranking of the of the expansions is not super important, but like. Um, the other thing I'm interested in is how much this is sort of like the the aesthetic gamey question. So we'll get that out of the way and then I'll let you okay. I'll let you go off a bit. Um because that's what the people are here for. Uh <laughs> We're sick of uh, Dia's heart. We want to hear Dia talk shit about Final Fantasy fourteen so we can either agree with her or be mad. <laughs> you know they're gonna be mad. Um but uh yeah, like so so I mean, so let me let me just like actually stop there for a second. I know you. I I, I agree with what you were saying there. That, that they'll say whether we can agree with her or be mad. The the whole point of like the whole thing about criticism where people either are mad or agree is I I keep meaning to do like a solo podcast about this. And maybe I will before this one comes out. Who knows? But 
Ah, it it bothers me so much because it it like ruins any chance of good discussion about video games. Because like obviously, I like the story. I think I think ultimately what we're gonna end up seeing is I like the story of Final Fantasy fourteen more than you do. I don't think that that is like a problem in any way. <laughs> like I I think it's fine. Like right. I'm willing to listen to your critiques of it. I I think that I I'm not like scared. I'm going to turn to dust or something. Right. It, it, it like that's such a like it's a we've made video every video game into one giant fandom. It's like arguing about Marvel movies and Martin Scorsese. It's well, a, it's nonsense. And it's also um, so funny because we're talking about games, like they're not just their story. And like I I think this is like such a big problem now is that, you know, like I end up doing a lot of work because look my background is in literary criticism. Yeah, you know I was a fucking English right major. I went straight into the literary criticism track. You know. My background is in analyzing stories and why we use stories and how we create stories and things like, and how we tell them and all that shit. So yeah, I'm naturally going to gravitate towards critiquing stories when it's present, but I'm also a game critic and games are much more than just the story. So like, yeah, I can say Stormblood has a terrible story and the way it's told pisses me off. Why are you still playing it? Because there's a lot of other shit here that's interesting and cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, it, it, I'm trying to think of a game that really, like, I hate the story. And and I'm having a hard time just, like, off the top of my head because that's just kind of how my brain works. I can't think of it. But, like, this is not uncommon for me either where it's like, wow, I hate this story. I just, like, I, I wish I wasn't doing it. Oh, I know. I know. The the post the post ARR stuff, the, the patch between <laughs> A Realm Reborn and Heaven's Word was, like, Oh God! Yeah, that was miserable. truly an unpleasant, miserable, unfun experience. And like, you know, I historically I understand the historical like why it happened, right? Like, I get it. It happened because they needed content for the diehards coming from 1.0. Fine, whatever. Like, who cares? It's it's, it's fine. But it sucked to play, and yet play it I did uh, because I liked I liked other parts of the game. And you're absolutely right. Like. It is it is more than just one thing. You can critique one thing and not have to critique the whole thing and or also, say the whole thing is worthless. I just need to interject for a minute because I was one of those diehard assholes from 1.0 and I fucking hated that shit. I, I figured you would. Like, <laughs> it's so like when I read that, I was like, OK, I, I, I get the idea, right? Like I get the idea is we got to give you content so you don't freak out and leave. Um <laughs> On the other hand, <laughs> like what, the content is finding a bunch of a bunch of Doman kids in uh, like by the Waking Sands. Like this is this is the best you could do. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, it's it's uh, God. Like the decisions. Sometimes the decisions get made with Final Fantasy fourteen. I do not understand them. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think that's the that's the core of my my issue with a lot of it. I just look at it and I go, Why did you think this? <laughs> Yeah, like it's not I, even that I hate it so much or that I'm angry or anything. It's just like, I'm just like I'm just like, why did you think this is what anyone was asking for? Was this what you saw in your heart when you were like, I want to make the game that I want to make, and this is what you envisioned? Maybe yeah, I mean, you I need think, a different I, job. <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, uh, I think ultimately for me, Final Fantasy fourteen, and I've said this to you before, but like I don't know if I've said it on the show or not. Like the whole the whole game is just like emblematized by swinging so hard for the fences. Like every time, it feels like 
it never does like a safe thing. And when it does a safe thing, it's like super bad. Like it doesn't work, right? Like I feel like when it falls back on Asians in the way it does in the beginning of Stormblood or in the end of Stormblood, in the in the sort of like interstitial moments between uh, four and uh, five, like it doesn't work very well. And it's obvious it doesn't work very well because it's just very pro forma. But when it swings through the fences, sometimes it misses quite badly. Um, and that's okay. Like, I think that's fun. I think it's fun there's a game out there that tries and fails more often than not, but tries, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that means there's a lot of <laughs> – that means there's a lot of failure. Um, and that's okay. So I think – here's my thing is that, like, I've got, like – I've kind of, you know, I've got to, like, like, kind of segment out my grievances because it's not so much – I think the story for Stormblood is ultimately fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a mistake to split it the way they have. Like, you know, reason why Heaven's Word worked so well is because even when it kind of fragments off into these other threads, those other threads are still very directly connected to one another. Yeah. Um, okay. I see what you're saying. You know, like. Oh, I guess uh, maybe goes without saying uh, we're going to have some spoilers for Stormblood. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But like, so like with Heaven's Word, it's, it's, it's very much this like, you know, this conflict between the church and dragons and, you know, ish guardians. And, you know, we've got all this other stuff that like, you know, links in together and just kind of makes this very tight narrative like thrust throughout. Um, I still think that the game has problems there with the way in which it doles out quests and things like that. But ultimately, the singular tight narrative works. Um, right. For Whereas it's, it's, in Stormblood, if I can anticipate where you're going, in Stormblood, it is you. You end up in. You end up going to. All sorts, like all over the world, basically at any given point. Like so, okay. there's the there's the the place in Alamigo, which is one storyline, and then there's oh, all of a sudden we're at the we're at the 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 step and we're in Doma, and it's like okay, this is this is a different storyline. <laughs> like this, this is weird. Yeah, um, and like it tries, and then like it really tries, like it just like ramrod, and like it both both times it's really ramrod. It's like. You know, the the end of the first the first part of the of the Alamigo storyline just kind of hits a dead wall. It's just like, well, fuck, we clearly can't get liberation here now. So fuck it. Let's just go to the Far East. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It really is a moment where it's like, I don't I don't know what to do here. And like, really, it like. So one of the things that I think is is maybe true about um about um, Final Fantasy XIV is that it is scared of telling small stories. It's scared of doing vignettes. And Alamigo and Doma should have just been vignettes. Like, those are vignettes. Those are short stories. Those mm-hmm. are those are scenes. Those aren't plots, right? Those aren't a, a joint plot. No matter how much you want to say, like, them coming and, like, saving, you know, Alamigo on uh, eagles or whatever is, is going to work. Um but yeah, like it is, it is, it is a fractured story. You're absolutely right. I think, I think there's really no denying that. Yeah. And like, it's, I mean, Final Fantasy 14, it honestly, it, it's, you know, um, it's the Stephen King problem, you know, um, 
when I come to, when I purchase Stephen King, you know, book in my life, I have always kind of like, you know, I try to pick up Carrie. Um, and I looked at Carrie and I'm like, this is a really great short story. And it has been filled up with all of this ancillary <laughs> bullshit so that it can be a novel because novels right. make you money and pay your rent and short stories don't. Um, yep. You know, like you can sell a novel, you can't sell a short story. Um, and I respect that to a degree, but also it is very deliberately like, okay, you are padding this out with other shit that is ultimately unrelated, but you're making it related. And that is what Final Fantasy XIV does so frequently with you know it's it's storylines i'm uh, excited i won't i won't give anything away because i i feel like you should not because like i i don't think you care about spoilers but like you should experience it as it comes along because it's more interesting that way but i feel like i feel like Shadowbringers works actively against that problem in kind of an interesting way and, and that should have you on back again when you're done with it because there's like there's there's at least an attempt there that I think is is compelling. And yeah, and that's and honestly, like, that's my biggest problem with Final Fantasy fourteen. Like as I've experienced it up to this point, so like, mm-hmm. you know, I will assess like, th- I was around for like like the later phases of the beta and one and I really enjoyed that because, well, there wasn't there wasn't any content. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let me ask like, is is the this actually leads right into it is the is the do you think the reason that you liked like you you were able to click into Final Fantasy 14 but not click into say Hitman was because uh Final Fantasy 14 was a social game as opposed to Hitman being like yeah this is single player like you know the the emergent gameplay here is never going to be as um strange or as unpredictable as the uh, the emerging gameplay in a game like Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, and so it's it's really funny because, you know, the strange and emergent is like literally sitting on the couch next to me. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 your relationship is a delight. My <laughs> my partner, you know, I was always like, okay, so this is this is here is here is the distinction between the two of us. I worked my ass off, you know, to level. Um, Paladin because and to do the 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 relic quest for Paladin um, because I wanted to walk around in the artifact armor one and I wanted to like rock with the Excalibur and the Holy Shield because because I was like I played Final Fantasy 11 and like in my brain I'm like hell no Fucking Paladin, Artifact 1, with the white and steel armor and shit, with the blue embellishments, and then you have Excalibur and the Holy Shield. Fuck yeah. You're I'm ready so to tank. worried for you when you find Eureka, which is uh, Final Fantasy XI love letter, uh, where they even have some of the... They even have, they some have the, the old, old mobs. Like, relics. Oh, they have... Oh, shit. I was like sitting there. Uh, I was like, man, I remember these mobs. These are great. Yeah, they have the old mobs, and they have... Oh, who, what's the one? What's the relic that they have? They have... Um, Oh God. Um, I'll, I'll look it up in a second, but it's like, it's, um, it's some sort of, it's some sort of like uh vest you can get. It's one of the only things in Eureka. I spent way too much time in Eureka. It ends up in my book. Like, <laughs> like I, I literally have like a section of the final fantasy chapter where I'm like, Eureka is a very important thing. And I'll explain why over like a period of time. Um, but like it, it like there's a, there's a, the, one of the only armors that really helps you in Eureka and has like Eureka specific, uh, mm. help. Is a is something from oh it's a Kirin Zosa Kirin Zosa, 
Um, apparently, it's from Final Fantasy XI. Yep, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm worried for you when you find that because getting. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, I'll, I'll let you get back to it, but there's a, there's a, there's a, a username in a Eureka, um, discord I was in because you have to have a, you have to be in a Eureka discord in order to, uh, time out the extremely specific instance where, uh, you fight, um, you fight a version of that, uh, 11 boss that like people fought for 24 hours. Oh and, yeah. Uh, well, cause it's, it's all the heroic normal, like, uh, notorious monsters and like, yes. Yeah. Like, and so it's really funny because. Well, like, 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 I gotta finish the the immersion and chaotic is yes, yeah. you know <laughs> this conversation, um, like, right? <laughs> like, if this conversation could be a hitman game, it would be fun for me again. <laughs> but like, so you know, like my partner, um, so I, yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm in my artifact armor. Like, if it's up to me, I, all my classes would just be artifact armor, and that would be it. Like we'd be like, yeah, hello, I'm in my ninja artifact armor. I'm in like my, my my black mage. I hate the black mage artifact armor in Final Fantasy 14 with the weird eye patch shit, and like, uh, no, mm-mm, don't yeah, like it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but like, you know, the knight armor. I'm like, I'm like, yes, that is the HD version of what I remember, and it looks good, and I want to rock that shit. And um, like, yeah, so. Like, that's me, you know, I'm like, I want to, I want to nail, I want to, you know, I'm, you know, sitting there with provoke. I've got like, you know, like my shield bash ready, like, you know, in my, my artifact armor, classic style. And then my partner is like, I'm not actually wearing armor. This is a bikini and this is the chocobo helmet I'm wearing. But like, I really wanted to like, you know, soul bond this shit. Um, so let's, let's and like not telling me about it until like, we're like in the middle of like Sestasha because like their warrior, they're, they're leveling their warrior, their warriors like level like 17. And I'm like, why are you taking so much fucking damage? And I'm sitting there just like smashing cure one over and over and over again. And they're like, Oh, I'm not wearing actual armor. And I'm like, are you? Fucking for real? You didn't even glam it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you just, this is a glamour. This is this is just you're just wearing the like, you know, hempen camisole or whatever. Oh, I respect that so much. I like and the chocobo hat, and I'm just like, okay, sure. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna try and make this work. But then yeah, meanwhile, like, like they have like maxed out all of their crafting, and they have like like religiously gone through their crafting log and like made every single item on the list so that they've got all those checked up. And I'm just like. I don't know how you do this. <laughs> so, like, this is this is kind of like what I think is cool about fourteen, and and it's funny because like, so I'll admit something that's uh, embarrassing, but ultimately kind to you, um, not kind to myself, but that's not my <laughs> brand. Um, uh, like, I when I saw your like critique of fourteen, my initial first thought, and then I then I you know I I tempered it because like that's a ridiculous thing to think like you know but as i talked about before but my first thought was like oh no like i use 14 as this way of thinking about like what's good about final fantasy in some ways like i wonder if like i wasn't very smart about it like i wonder if this sucks because i missed this stuff but like one of the things about like one of the things that i write about as being good in 14 is this sense of um this ability to sort of like play the game however you want like the game, the game opens up and says, "Like, yeah, just like pursue what you want to. It's fine. Like, have fun. Like, go right ahead." Um, and I think like the idea of just like playing a crafter who doesn't care about armor at all is fantastic. 
Like that's that's exactly what I love about her. Oh, but let's 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 you know, no, no, we can't be, we can't dismiss it. My partner as just a crafter who doesn't care about armor because they absolutely like I think are right now just buying the full Exarch set so that they're like I think whatever their next class they're on currently is like you know at least like eye level five hundred or whatever Ugh. before we get into short to to Shadowbringers. One hundred percent respect this, and like it's just like it's just they bring the chaos that like I need to like really kind of like keep entertained in the game. So like, why like can I can I ask you a a deep question here? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Like why do you think after like especially after like a, a like you know coming out of the hospital and everything? Why do you think you need that chaos to enjoy the game? I don't know that I necessarily need it, but. I think otherwise I would just kind of look at the game and go, this isn't, this isn't for me. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, And because I think so, and we've talked about, we talked about this off, off mic, but like, so this is your first real MMO. Yeah. This was another thing I wanted to go back to you, but this is my first and only MMO. I've like, I haven't gotten into more MMOs. My my MMO brain got me into uh, this is a whole other conversation, so we can leave this here. But got me into gotcha games, unfortunately. Ah, uh, yeah. So now I'm really into gotcha games. Uh, we can we can we can deal with that particular uh, <laughs> personality flaw later. But um, yeah, like uh, th- this is my only MMO, and like I've gone all out with it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm currently doing all the, all the post game relic stuff in, in, um, five, four through the MSQ. Like I've, I've been like super serious about getting through final fantasy 14 in my time with it for, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, so this is my only MMO. I don't have a, I don't have another frame of reference. Right. So like, you know, I, I grew up, I, you know, I, I came from, you know, a very well-off 1980s household where we had computers in our house and we had, you know, early modems. We had, you know, the the fucking, you know, acoustic modem where you'd put the phone receiver on the little, like, brick next to your computer. Um, and, like, I grew up with, you know, BBSs. And, mm-hmm. and with BBSs came MUDs and mushes and moos and mucks and all of those. Now, okay, I have I have done versions, like I've done the text only versions of of muds. I've right. done like role playing boards. Yeah. I've been I've been a paladin on a role playing board. <laughs> like I ran a shop on a role like I I've done it. Right. I was I played a, like I think the first one I ever did was a Dragon Ball Z role playing board that my friend wanted me to help him with. Like Hell yeah. I've been there. Like that that makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. okay. I hadn't really thought about them as MMOs, but you're totally right. Right. Well, those I mean that's 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 the origin of MMOs. Like I god, um I have some I had some book in a box at my mom's house when I was like 14 and I was like no I'm clearly going to go into computer science and I'm going to make games and I'm going to make weird big games um but it was like Richard Bartlett's like virtual worlds and it was all about going from from like the first mud to like Ultima online which dates when that book came out I mean um, that's like that's to me because like this is this is a ridiculous reason but to me because of hearing about it from people on the bus Ultima online remains the most like fascinating MMO to me. <laughs> like it, it seems so magical and crazy. Ultima like it, it online. And like, that's, so that's the thing is like thinking about the chaos, like Ultima online is probably the most representative of the chaos of what 
an MMO can be. Like EverQuest, mm. Ever early like early EverQuest um, definitely gets chaotic, but Ultima Online, especially like when I was playing it when it first came out, um, was just. I mean, God, it it makes whatever, you know, you could conceive of happening in like Grand Theft Auto Online completely just banal and prescriptive and just boring. Right. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because like you get you get a bunch of people in there with no real with no real restrictions put into place like yeah and like and it was the thing is like you know richard garriott he was you know lord british in the you know his like his ultima character um he would show up in ultima online as lord british and you could walk the fuck up to him and you could try and kill him and i did (laughs) i did constantly i fucking tried to murder that son of a bitch so many goddamn times (laughs) did Um, it work no it never worked um, I get it because yeah, he was he made the fucking game and he's a little prick and he wants to go on the spaceship with his little ponytail and his like fantasy of being a Boris Vallejo illustration. Fuck him. <laughs> Rich piece of shit. Um, I'm sorry. It's been a long time since I've thought about Boris Vallejo. I'm sorry. Like, you look I at him and you're just like. cackle too much. But. Yeah. Like, but like, I'm sorry. He like desperately wishes he was fucking a Boris Vallejo model and like he's not. And you know what? That's the now, only. Look, let's not, let's not shame people who would like to be uh, romantically involved with a Boris Vallejo model. No, I'm going to shame him because he's fucking rich and he's still not doing it. So haha, bitch, I win. <laughs> okay. That's a good reason to do it. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. No, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, no, like that's like I actually I we had uh, it's the last episode that we put out before this one was recorded. I had a couple of people on who are doing um, a show for Means TV, um, and they're doing it on like uh, basically like old games. Like they're going deep into the archive and looking at like old uh, uh, like like awesome. legit old games. They're not just doing like Mario or whatever. Like, yeah, it, it is a serious project, and it was great. Like I was super into it. Um, And the one game we talked about a lot was this really, it was like, you know, quote unquote, the first MMO, Um, you know, whatever that happens to mean. But like the, this was like, it's like DOS graphics and like there's PVP, but it doesn't work. And they had to like limit it to a certain section of town and you have your own little apartment. It is wild. And like, that is, that is something I will 100% agree with you. Like that and Ultima Online and stuff. That's not what Final Fantasy XIV is. Final Fantasy XIV is not chaotic in that way. Like, yeah. Final Fantasy XIV has fun stuff that'll happen. Like, sometimes you'll see, like, versions of a character who's like, oh, I'm cool Minfilia, and it'll be someone who's, like, you know, glammed out their whole outfit to look like Minfilia, but with sunglasses. Johnny like, Bravo's cool. getting married. Yeah, right. Like, that's, 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 my, my, that's news in my world today, is that Johnny Bravo got married, and the motherfucker looks like Johnny Bravo. And I don't like somehow he managed to put together a glamour that looks exactly like Johnny Bravo and got the name Johnny Bravo. But anyway, Johnny Bravo's getting married. I think Johnny Bravo got married to some like really skanky like bunny girl. And like, you know what? Makes sense. Honestly. Yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Like this Cheers is to that. This is the sword art online that we were promised. <laughs> but but yeah, like I think I think like I think, you know, if you're talking about chaos one of the one of the critiques you had was that you know the game is too i think you, you used that you said i think the word you used was um uh plotline hyperinflation um which is very funny and i like it um 
but you know, it's it's this it's this way that the storyline does expand in a, in in kind of like a I don't know an unwieldy way. Like, yeah, you pointed it out in terms of Stormblood. Like, it, it just like it gets too big for its britches. Like, yeah. it gets too big for the story it's trying to tell, and especially. I feel in the interstitial ones like you. Uh, I don't know how far you are into the uh, the storyline of uh, of um, oh, what's her name. Uh, so the, the the I saw that you were playing it. The woman whose family sold her into slavery. Oh yeah, came. no, I'm done with that. Like we're we're I am I am now at the part where um, Yestola just decided to like. There is the big magic rock. That mm-hmm. the Asian or the 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 big magic Allegan rock that like is sacred to the step people, and she's like, we're gonna we're gonna make a magical wall around the step to protect Doma. Oh um, yeah 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 okay and I like so that. yeah so I, I'm all I'm deep into like I guess it's five point four now or no not four or, five, yeah, four four point four yeah you're yeah. you're really close to five yeah 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 like that so like I feel like the one thing they do right in the in the storyline before that is they do make you feel sympathetic to. Um, the the woman whose name I can't remember the the sort of villain from from Stormblood. It's because she her her. It's because her uh primal version has like a different name than her character version. So I just forgot. Yeah. Um. But um, like that's a that's yeah, that's a that's a weird plot line. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't add anything. No, and so <laughs> like, it's really weird because so that like the whole point of Yusuku Yusuku. I think it's Yusuku. Y- uh, something su- like yeah, because like because uh, what, what's his name calls her calls her Suko. Suko, yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, the whole point of that plot line is you know investigating. You know what do you do with someone who like doesn't remember the the, the terrible things they've done? Like how do you punish someone who doesn't recall what they've done? And well, there's actually a like a, a side quest early on in the expansion. Um, there is um, like that weird little like kind of ghost town outside of Castramorians. Yeah, yeah, I know the one where you go through this whole thing of like what happened here, where were these people, what where where what what happened in this town, and it turns out that it was a test bed for you know, these like horrible, like Mengele-esque experiments that the uh, Garlean Empire was running. And oh, yeah. Is that, the, is that the Black Rose thing? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turns out that the, the doctor who was responsible for that, he shows up and he has no memory of what's going on or who he is or what. He's just wandering through the woods and he's like, and then it turns out, oh, he was the doctor who did all these experiments and he was like this evil, psychotic Mengele motherfucker. And then you're like, well, like, and like, and then like, everyone's like, well, it's fucked up, but I guess we have to kill him, even though he doesn't remember what he's doing. <laughs> and like, right. that's it. And it's like, well, okay, we 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 established, we did this. Like, why are we turning this into this big overarching plot where we have traumatized this poor woman and then infantilized her, and now it's like, oh, well, now we've suddenly recovered her, spontaneously recovered her memory through trauma again. Yeah, that was. It it was like it was as if they came up with the idea and didn't come up with the plot. And I feel like the I feel like you know, I'll I'll say the the interstitial quests between five point and six point have been better. Like they've been my favorite of the bunch, and it, in part because like well, it I, again, like it, part just like the way that the story goes, right? In five But like I feel the interstitial quests are always like even Dragon Song War, which I enjoyed the whole uh, the whole Dragon Song War in a lot of ways. It still felt weird sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, 
And storm blood just feels unnecessary. And so I, I guess like my, my big problems are like when I talked about like the, 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 the plot line hyperinflation, I don't just mean like the, the broad overall story where like, yes, it is like there's too much story in, in like what they filled in, but like, you know, quests used to just have like two or three parts to them. And then the quest was over. Mm-hmm. And like some of like, I played for five hours today and I swear to God, I only accomplished three quest lines. Jesus. Because they're so long now in between. And like, yeah. It and is, it's like, it it's is, like 60 it, parts. And I'm like, why are my, why are we having so many parts to this story? Why have we not just condensed it down? I don't need to bounce all around the world. Right. Well, just the, to accomplish and, what you could accomplish in one cutscene, and the I, I feel like the this is like a specific flaw in these releases because there's this it, it's again like it's this it's the curse of content where like the idea is like I got to get people their money's worth or they won't subscribe again, and so you get all these like extra plot lines that are like well, I don't I didn't need this. <laughs> this yeah. sucks. And like so many of them are side would would have normally been side quests, but right, they've exactly. they've they've folded the side quest into the main quest and then expanded that quest out so that it's like 20 steps when it's just like no, just put that put a gold exclamation mark over their head and put them over there. Like this isn't this isn't, you know, let me let me do this when I decide to silly, like, you know, finally decide to level my like samurai, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah no, so I agree. My, my big problem with Final Fantasy fourteen is like one. I do think Final Fantasy fourteen definitely has a misogyny problem. Like, yeah, I'll give you that. Like it is since 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 a Realm Reborn has started. You know, honestly, I don't remember the plot line of one enough, but like I'm sure it probably had some problems too. Well, I mean, a grandfather saved the world. I mean, that's. But see, again, like it's weird because like that's Yoshida's stuff. Like I'm just saying. When we yeah, didn't I mean, have a plot line, we didn't have these problems. But as soon as Yoshida comes along, we start getting plot. No, Yoshida we start... was not involved with the. He didn't. He didn't do the plot in 1.0. Did he, he did at the end. Really, yeah. like the the end with Bahamut and everything. Because they brought him in because the game was such a fucking disaster. Um, and like I'll admit that 1.0 was a fucking unmitigated disaster. Um, mm-hmm. It ran okay on my computer, but also I was used to Final Fantasy XI running like dog shit, <laughs> um, even on like a top of the line computer at the time. So like, eh, you know, like I'm sure I was forgiving a lot in 1.0. Um, I definitely yeah. was forgiving a lot in 1.0. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I guess like, I guess I wonder sometimes with it, because like there are moments where it seems to want to get past, it seems to want to acknowledge its misogyny problem, but then just falls back into it. So well, I agree it, with you. Yeah, because because I don't I don't think it knows what the problem is. Like no, and it, it like in the same way that like it has a problem with ideas of of, of imperialism and, and colonization and, and settlers and right. stuff like that. But then like it will continually return to those and kind of try and complicate them. And, and it doesn't always succeed. Yeah, but like it knows what the problem is. And right? like, that's like, the it, thing it what you're it. saying with like it trying to swing for the fences, like you know. It does give us, you know, the empire is bad and they think everyone that's not pure blood are savages. But then we've got Alphanod, who absolutely is a racial purist. <laughs> and like we definitely have people who like, we you know, we have the whole beast tribes thing. And we've got all these right. people that we're supposed to work for that are like fucking beast tribes keep trying to summon their fucking gods. And they don't know that their gods aren't as good as our 12 gods. And you need to go fucking murder their god. And then you need to punish them and say, stop hoarding crystals and we're putting you all on restriction, you fucking mudbloods. 
And it's like, yo, whoa, chill out there, Merle Webb. You're the hot lesbian mom that everyone's crazy for. You're uh, and like I, suddenly you're being like this weird genocide person. Yeah, the 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 beast tribe stuff, especially in I would say a realm reborn and heaven's word, is bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> notably terrible. <laughs> it's like, really bad. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. Like I, I I I agree. And like unlike the misogyny problem, it does not. That's true. Like it never. It, it I hadn't thought about it, but you're absolutely right. Like it it does not know what the problem is. So like it can't solve the problem because it has no idea what like yeah. how it should be solved, um, and so it never really fixes it or acknowledges it even. Um, yeah, no, that, that's yeah. that's very like, very so, like, fair. Yeah, and so like we end up with, you know, we've got all of these like, you know these raids that are called like you know savage, <laughs> and then the game is sitting there saying, oh, but people who say savage are bad. Look at look <laughs> at the empire; they're bad. They are constantly saying you're a savage. But hey, these these cool ass raids are also savage. What? Now, what did you think? What did you think about about uh, like I? Let me say, I think this was not my favorite storyline in it. It wasn't my least favorite, but it wasn't my favorite. What did you think about? And then then we can stop talking about plot and then get to like get to like the actual sort of like interesting elements of like social and, and chaos and what you think about MMOs and stuff, which is. You know, but like I don't, I don't want, I don't want you to feel like you're on here because I'm like say the thing about Final Fantasy 14. Do you say? I've had lots of good uh, things to say about Final Fantasy 14 and lots of terrible things to say about Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, so yeah. let's do it. But like, um, no, like I just, I just don't want you to feel like I had you on because I'm like I found someone who doesn't like it. Like everyone, I found someone who doesn't like it. Oh, the internet um, knows they don't like it. It's fine. I know, I know they do. But um, <laughs> that's not why I had you on. If if if, it, if like the only reason that I wanted you on the show was because you didn't like Final Fantasy fourteen. This- For the record, I did approach you and I was just like, I've been playing fucking Stormblood and you should have me on the show so I could talk shit. Well, and but like I know what you mean when you say talk shit. You're not just. It's, it's more true. complicated than that. I didn't want to just a repeat of my um. Final Fantasy soundtrack ranking. <laughs> that that was that was a that was a moment. You, you, you and you know what you went off like I I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat some of the some of the things I've heard uh, while reading the millennials versus Zoomers articles. You went off and you were right to do so. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I think like like one of the things one of the things that I thought was a real swing and maybe not a real success was the uh the quest with the um i forget her name now because uh, she hasn't shown up in a while but the the sort of uh the uh alamegan woman who works for the empire um and is part of like the oh the for dola brigade. yeah what did you think about that like how did you feel like how did you feel about that plot line because i feel like that is one that's a lightning rod if you're considering this issue of like empire and settlers and collaboration and and fault and stuff like that like uh, whether or not they did it well well it's it's so weird so like stormblood is ultimately ultimately stormblood is the story of three women and their responses to you know imperial occupation you have lease who fled and then you have um fordola who was you know um she was an alamegan whose family were, you know, um, you know, I guess sympathy, imperial sympathizers. And she was kind of, you know, basically like she loved her parents. And so she joined the army because her dad was like murdered by, you know, people who were not sympathetic to the empire. 
And then you've got Yitsuke, who had horrible parents who loved the empire and wanted to be, you know, wanted to side with them and like, you know, um, ended up selling her into sexual slavery. Right. Um, and so then she becomes, she understands that the world is cruel. So you have like three, three women who understand the world is cruel and only one of them is good basically because she got out. Yeah. She's, and she became a scion and she met the nice people. Right. And so it's like, you have this like weird thing where like one, all three of these stories aren't different enough. Like, We've got three women who are like traumatized by, you know, the empire and all respond to it in in, in different ways, except for two of them ultimately just side with the empire. One sides with the empire because she wants revenge on her own people. Fordola sides with the empire because she wants revenge on her own people, but also because she kind of dislikes the empire. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. Like Fordola's, Fordola's not really all that like hype about Alamigo to begin with. She doesn't. No, not really. She doesn't care. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas, like, Yitsuke, like, she just really hates her people. Yeah, she hates them so much. Because, like, she because just she, wants to and, like, kill that's the, the And that's the thing, is that, like, she understands the problems in her society. Fordola doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then Lise thinks she understands everything and really doesn't understand a goddamn thing because she wasn't around. And the yeah, right, game correct. can never really, like, it gets close with Lise and being, like, you know, there are some moments where people are like, you don't, you're not, you left, bitch. What, why are you coming yeah. back now and telling us what we need to do? But it, at the end, it still makes her the fucking, you know, regent, basically. Well, Dia, it's because she got a new dress. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's like, <laughs> she, she, well, she gets her traditional dress of her people. That's right. That's her sisters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, and so now she's, you know, she's in charge of things. Um, and Ferdola doesn't get that. Ferdola gets to get locked up in a box and only brought out because, you know, Lakshmi is going to kill everyone with bliss. Um, and then Lakshmi is, is the Final Fantasy 14 version of your operating room, uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, basically. I didn't want to leave, <laughs> but, um, and then, and then Yutsuke, like, she ultimately gets revenge on her brother. Yeah. And like, then dies and is like, well, uh, I used my last, my strength to kill my brother. He was a piece of shit. Um, and like, at least she kills her parents, but like the game makes her feel like it. It's weird because the game is like, Oh no, it's okay. It's, 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 it is good that she killed her brother who is this, like becomes this like weird, like, more like twisted version of Goro Majima. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so weird because I could like the entire time they were using the, the Manderville facial animations on him and they gave him the weird bowl cut. And I'm just like, uh-huh. Yeah. I played Yakuza. I, I, I know. I know guys. Goro's cool. Yeah. I like problem is Goro's a lot cooler than Asahi is. I, Asahi is my, is Asahi is the worst. He's, He's so terrible and awful, like awful, but it gets weird because they try to make him be like this, like, you know, super villain. And he's like, you know, twisting. He's like, he is, he's pulling strings on this, like, you know, traumatized woman who has no memory. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, we have to think like, we have to think about in terms of this is that Yutsuke is a traumatized woman who has no memory and is fundamentally functionally a child. That is who the game presents us with. 
Correct. And then she is manipulated and trauma and re-traumatized by her brother into finally, you know, uncovering her, you know, memories of who she is. And then she's like, oh, I'm a monster. I'm going to kill my parents. And it's like, no, no. The game really tries to push hard on her mother, her being a monster in that moment. And it really upset me because no. Yeah. Like, you know what's funny is like it is such an unsuccessful it's such an unsuccessful move by on the game and obviously like offensive but like unsuccessful in its execution that even as like as I was reading that I was like well you don't really like it's pretty obvious that she's not the monster there. Yeah. But then when you say it, like I was thinking back, I was like, but they do try to make that happen. Oh like, yeah. They, they, they do to, the, yeah. they do the facial animation deformations on her. They put the big dark shadows around her eyes. So she looks like, you know, like a Junji Ito character, but she's so clearly not the monster. Yeah. And like, it's just like, no, her parents are, are monsters who need to be killed. Like, I'm like, look, fucking kill her parents. One, they're like total, you know, Imperial sympathizers. And they're all upset that they have to come back to the provinces. And they were happy in the capital being Imperials. And like, two, they fucking sold their, you know, adoptive daughter into like sexual slavery. Also, I'm pissed that we let the pimp off the hook. Oh yeah. There's the one Absolutely quest where you, off the hook. There's the one quest where he runs away and he's like, "Oh, I was I ran the brothel that she worked at and I just gave her to men." Like and had them like do whatever they wanted to her. And like everyone's like and like like fucking Lord Hien is like you know, it's, that's, that's tough, man. Like, you know, to live with that, I'm going to make sure you don't have to see her anymore. So I'm going to just reposition you somewhere else. Don't worry about it. You're cool. And it's yeah. like, are you fucking kidding? And then he turns around and he's like, I'm going to kill that bitch. If she the minute she remembers her, gains her memory. And it's like, dude, what? <laughs> so bad. Like, honestly, like it's, it's such a weird thing that this game cannot figure out where it's supposed to land. It, it is it is really in these interstitial moments. And, like, when you see... I guess, like, it's interesting because Stormblood really feels like two decent enough interstitial stories stitched together to make one big story. Yeah. And so, like, obviously all the flaws of all the interstices come through there, too. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because, like, you know, there are a lot of flaws in Heavensward, but I think ultimately it did do a good job of, you know, this kind of, like, you know... Starcross lovers and like you know political faction war like intertwining and like you know you you had the like dragon and his human lover that like you know you know and then we've got like the church with the, the heresy boards shit are clamoring for it yeah like and it's like okay you you they did a good job like with kind of like managing you know, her trauma and like, you know, his, the dragon's loss. And like, it's like, okay, like, I think you've done an, you've done an adequate job of telling what is fundamentally just a basic ass medieval story. You know, sure. like this yeah, is, of course. this is a medieval fairy tale and you've done an okay job. And then like, this just like felt like it was trying to juggle too many pieces. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like part of the reason it felt that way was because it was two stories. Like it yeah. was just like, and they wanted to make it one story and it didn't, it doesn't quite land. No. So let me ask you this, because I think, I think I'm, I, I'm going to have to have you on after you're done with uh, Shadowbringers because <laughs> I think we can have, cause like, I think we, I think there's a bigger conversation we can have, but only after you're done Shadowbringers. Okay. Um, cause it's I, not because again, not because of spoilers, who cares? But like, because I kind of want you to experience the story on your own terms and then come back to it. Cause like, that's a better conversation. Um, 
But I do want to ask a little bit more about the social element and this idea of MMOs in general and where Final Fantasy falls. Because, like, the the heavy story stuff in Final Fantasy fourteen for me doesn't rankle. Because, to me, that's kind of like what I learned an MMO is. Sometimes it's boring and you walk around, you go find people and you click on stuff. Um, and it's kind of, like, mindless and sometimes. And then there's a lot of story that sometimes makes sense and sometimes doesn't. And, like, mostly is fun and, like, has references and stuff. It's like... You know, it's it's an RPG, but it's in a, a different box. What, like, like structurally, because like, we've talked about feel, but, like, structurally speaking, what do different MMOs mean for you? Like, what is, like, because you were complaining about, and, like, it's a, complaining makes it sound like I think it's wrong, but perfectly fair critique, actually, that the stories are uh, too dense. And, and you're absolutely right. Those last bits of stories in 4.5 in and 4.4 are, like, you know, eight mini quests long to finish one major major quest. Um, but like, what's the, what's the alternative there? Like, what do you, what do you see MMOs being besides this sort of like story heavy communal place? I mean, and it, it's, it's weird because I think of final fantasy 14 as, um, I think it's, I was a little harsh and on Twitter tonight, and I said you're allowed to be harsh. On I Twitter. said that Final Fantasy, of one, Final Fantasy eleven, or Final Fantasy one point or fourteen one point is a better MMO. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, I am I'm responding to very much an old school. Like like I said, I can I come up on muds, and like my big joke was. Um, and it's not really that much of a joke. It's just what it is. Final Fantasy XI is a very beautiful Deku mud. Mm, um, mm, mm. That makes sense. Like, and like for people who aren't familiar, Deku muds have this um, reputation. There, muds have different code bases, and the code bases are kind of the platforms for what they that the muds can be extended to do. Um, and so, a Deku mud is historically known as very combat heavy you 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 level up you pick a class you go around you kill monsters you know you you, you type to other people but there's not they don't tend to be very role play heavy um, well you gotta play eureka i'm sorry you gotta play eureka i know well i, <laughs> I, I, I i've done eureka like, i i start i, I well i've dipped my toe in eureka um you really have to work your ass off eureka because eureka is really literally early Final Fantasy XI, um, where oh, it's a grind. death it's is so rewarding. It is though. super grindy and it is super deadly. And, oh, um, and the, the screen name that I met that I, that I said before was, uh, that I didn't say before, I forgot to say was, uh, Eureka isn't side content was this, was the screen name of the person on the discord. And I, yeah. I think about it all the time because it is, it really like, I will say that grindy, brutal, like mean, area like supported only by these random people who because they also love eureka are always supportive is it adds so much to the experience and that and that like that's and that's you know like that was the 11 experience and that was when i i mean i literally jumped ship from um basically i was mudding and I was, I, I was some, I was doing Ultima Online a little bit, but this, by the time Final Fantasy XI came out, I was in college, and I had basically gotten out of Ultima Online and gone and in straight back into MUDs. Um, but like the transition from like MUD to Final Fantasy XI was just perfectly natural because it was, uh, like, it was a Deku MUD that had graphics, and it was yeah. at the time it was gorgeous, um, and. Um, you know, that was a natural trans transition for me. Uh, 
none of nothing really like Ultima Online and there were some other MUDs that I belonged to that like, I was more invested in that were much more role play heavy, different code bases, different kind of setups, um, you know, uh, not free. You had to pay subscriptions and things like that, um, uh, where they captured more the feel of Ultima Online. But like Ultima Online, I was a um, I ended up basically role playing as a traveling, you know, die smith. Um, that was also, you know, just like a pro, like highway murderess. I love it because like, you know, I basically got really good at making dyes for fabric and like, that was my job. And I just kind of carried around all the regents, the reagents and like stuff to make dye. And like, people would be like, Oh, Hey, do you, can I buy like some red dye from you? And I'd be like, shit. Yeah. I got some red dye, son. And like, Maybe I'd stab them in the back after they'd bought dye from me. Maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> you were you were the you were the joker of dye sales. Like I kind of was, and like eventually, like I bought a house, and then eventually I got murdered, and someone stole my house, and like the coolest thing that can happen in Ultima. Yeah, like having your fucking house stolen because you got murdered and your house got jacked, and now you can't take your house back because he brought all of his bros over to the house. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but like <laughs> there was one time when I, I was on the phone with my friend and I turned my speakers, I had these huge ass Altic Lansing speakers and that's a subwoofer. And I turned my, my speakers all the way up and I turned every sound off except for screams and footsteps basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I just like, I was like on the phone just talking to him and I was walking through like the, like the wilderness and just like, you just hear do, 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 do. And then you'd hear like, ah, <laughs> and he'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, do, 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 ah, do, 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 ah. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just murdering people in Ultima Online just to fuck with you. <laughs> and like I did, I just went around just murdering people with just this footstep found effects and like the screams on and like, it was great. Oh, why not? But right? like Final Fantasy 11 cannot bring you that kind of chaos. Um, and a mud. Four, 14, you mean? I mean no, 11. Um, oh, 11 can't bring yeah, you Yeah, 11 chaos. couldn't bring you that kind of chaos. 11 brought you chaos in its own ways in like, but like what I, what it gravitated me toward 11 was there was something really just, I was in college and everything sucked. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment when, um, I first started playing the game and, um, my, I was on the phone with one of my friends who was also playing and, he was playing, you could, you could zoom in. So it was a first person view and he was running around the town of Sandioria in, in, in first person. And I saw him, he saw me and I was a, a giant uh, Galka. The, um, they were the Rogadin with tails from, okay. Uh, uh had a big, tail. bigger than Rogadin. Like they were like also beefier than Rogadin, but like they also had tails. Um, Galkas were so much cooler than Rogadin. Sorry. But, well, I had to, I, I mean, like, I, I, I rolled my Rogan in, in the way that I roll all of my characters outside of, like, Souls games, which is I roll them to, look. I like, their appearance has to look like a uh, a very dumpy version of me. <laughs> or, like, if, if they have to be heroic, they vaguely look like me, and I make them as, like, ugly as possible. Um, yes. So this person, like, the row has broad shoulders and is sort of weirdly lumpy. And I was like, that's pretty close. So I... <laughs> That's that's my guy. Um, um, so I was I was on my Rogan and my friend was on the phone with me and like 
I just like typed in slash wave. And, and like, I got, you know, I saw from my perspective, my big Rogadin sitting by the fountain and I was sitting down by the fountain and I just waved my arm in one big arc at him. And then all of a sudden I hear in the background, his mom going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, that's D mom. And like, he's like, what do you mean? That's D. What is, what, what the fuck are you talking? What is it? And I was like, slash wave. And I just kept waving. And then like, I was like typing in chat, like, hi mom. <laughs> And That's he was so funny. Like, and like there was just like this weird moment where it's like he was trying to communicate that this big monster is sitting by this beautiful, you know, neoclassical fountain in like the monitor on his desk was me and like was waving. And then I was and he was like, he was like, D says hi, D's waving at you. That these waves are for you now. And like you know, she's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you doing? Stop playing. I'm going to take your computer away. <laughs> just freaked her out too much. Yeah, no, it was like, it's because your brain just like, couldn't handle with it. And like, that was just like one of those moments that it was just like, yeah, fucking video games, man. This is rad as hell. I'm waving at my friend's mom through him, through his, through his character's <laughs> eyes, like over a modem. Like what? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's. It's and we've been talking for two hours, so we should we should we should probably wrap up, or else I, both of us will fall asleep. Um, I I don't know actually what your sleep schedule is. I just assume that everyone uh, falls asleep around midnight because I'm ancient. Um, I say that, but I stay up till one almost every night. But the um, like the uh, you know like what's what's fascinating about thinking about MMOs the way you're describing them, and it really helps me kind of understand it. It reminds me. Of like, so I told this. I've told this story a million times on the podcast, uh, but it's it 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 like it's very um, seminal for me. Uh, it's like going to sound like a pun at this point uh, because it is a, um, a story about a cheat code that I found on the internet to get a to get a nude hack for um, Goldeneye, which even at the time, even as like <laughs> a completely horned up like eleven year old, I was like, you know what. This is stupid. Like, this will not be appealing, but got to get it. You know, like, I got to see a boob. Um, and the the whole thing was, like, it was a troll because the – I don't know how much GoldenEye you played. I don't know if you can recall. But um, uh, it was the dam level. You had to get through the dam level on Double O Agent without firing a shot. But, of course, famously, the dam has, at the end, a lock you have to shoot off. There's yeah. no key for it. So you can't get through the dam without firing a shot. So I did, I got to a double O, I got to, like, I ran through the stage, I got to that point, and I was like, <laughs> I, what do I do? Maybe they'll let me do one shot. <laughs> it, it didn't work. But, like, that level of just, like, misinformation and strangeness and, like, the kind of, like, the expectation, like, well, maybe they did program that in the game. I don't know. Maybe it's in there. Like, that, like. Whether or not that's true or not, whether or not there was ever that like Wild West sort of sense of um, like Wild West totally in an allegorical sense. The Wild West is its own bad myth, but the obviously, but like the the like its own sort of like anarchic kind of quality to games. Maybe it never was there, but like at a certain point, it felt like it could be. Yeah, and well, like the way the way you're describing MMOs makes me think of that same kind of feeling where it's like anything can happen in this space. So. And, yeah, no, like, totally. And, like, so, like, I'm th thinking about, like, you know, like, kind of the anarchic qualities in, like, Eleven. What I really love about, you know, the famously Eleven, you would get your big party together. And, like, you would, there, there's, like, this, there's this, this one kind of plateau you hit where you have to grind the Velkerm Dunes. 
And everyone, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone who's played Final Fantasy XI knows about grinding the fucking Velcrum dunes. And you get your party <laughs> together and you stand out there. And one of the things that like the, the classic kind of strategies was you would get, um, you know, like a rogue. Um, and I was at the time like... Um, one of my one of the characters I, I, I rolled for a while was um, a, a cat girl rogue, and they were like damage dealers, but they were fast and and okay. like you would send them out to go and tag a bunch of mobs, and then run back to the group. And basically, you know, you had this fast character that was like running out, you know, getting aggro, getting like light aggro on a bunch of shit, and then running back and running directly into the tank. And behind the tank so that the <laughs> tank could immediately pop provoke, which was like the primary aggro generator. Like I know it like now you use it to like to, to, to swap tanks in like, you know, Final Fantasy 14. But like in 11 provoke was what you were just sitting there like being like provoke, provoke, provoke just regularly because that was your big <laughs> aggro generator. Nice. And so they would hit provoke right as all these this this huge train of mobs would come at you and like they would just swoop them all up well like there's a lot of ways you could go about picking mobs up and sometimes like you would just like decide to be like an asshole (laughs) and just like be like i'm just gonna pick like every mob in the zone and like you'd see your party being like hey where are you hey where are you hey where are you this is taking a long time and then you'd come back in with a train much bigger than they could possibly deal with (laughs) And, like, you'd see how well it would go. The problem right, is, right. in 11, when you died, you lost experience points. And eventually you would down, you would de-level. Um, yeah. So, like, you wanted to be, like, an asshole, but you didn't want to be, like, such an asshole about it. That you would then, yeah, that you would yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But, like, people would do that. Like, you know, like, you know, it was fun. Like, or there would be times when you would be in, like, you know, like, the like there's, like, the forest right side of Santa Oria. And I was just talking about this on Twitter. Um, people would basically create sheep trains and they would go out and they would aggro like every large sheep and the sheep were big. They were the size, they were bigger than a player character. They were huge. And that's great. They would go out and they would like gather up like 10, 15, 20 sheep in a zone. And like, you'd see them run past you with all of these fucking sheep in tow. And like, it was just the coolest thing. Um, because that's fantastic because like the, you know, like the acro chains in, in 14 are pretty, are pretty short, but in 11, it was the entire zone. Like, yeah, those fuckers were following you. You were not getting away from them unless you got back into town. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, and and like the, yeah, like aggro in again, like this is, this is very reminiscent of, of Eureka. I'm glad you're telling me this because like, I've heard that Eureka is like 11, but I never played 11 and like, Aggro and Eureka works that way too. Like, oh yeah, especially when like you're you're trying to pop a uh, a notorious monster. You like you get um you gather as many of like the little mobs as you can. So there'll be like you know fifty little cactuses chasing you. And well, stuff like yeah, that. that's what the other night when I first stuck my toe in Eureka, and I'm I'm currently maining a white mage. And as soon as I got into Eureka, someone was like, you know, Res, please at like this location, and no one was saying anything. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like okay, I can I, I can find my way there. And they were like, thanks. Um, I did not know. I, I had literally, I had just kind of like gotten into Eureka and done the first quest to open the gates to go explore. Yeah, I, I, I've been there. You were not able to get there, were you? I, I eventually made it there. 
impressive. Um, yeah, like it was, but like it, it was really funny because I had to, I basically had to Dark Souls my way there. Like I, I died oh, yeah. like four different times, and you then gotta, finally and, and I like memorized the patterns the and where the enemies were and how I could like you know and and like their their like threat radius. So like I could finally weave my way to this person. I didn't and, even realize that enemies had a threat radius in fourteen until I got to Eureka. Right. Like I didn't even realize there was like oh if you sneak up behind them they don't see you. And then by like the end of the first Eureka zone I was like okay. This is my, okay, got to get behind these guys. If they see me, I'm dead. <laughs> so bad. But like, yeah, I definitely had like five Pugil chase me like from the shoreline into like the inner, like, you know, forest country. Oh, God. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is motherfucking 11, bitches. Rock. I'm home. So good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so this, this, this week, uh, this weekend, I'm probably going to duck back into 11. I just bought my subscription, um, tonight and, um, I'm going to be juggling that and shadow bringers. So I'm so excited. Cause I want to, I want to, I want to, I've been wanting to revisit 11 for a long time because, I know it's, I know it's been changed. Like it's not, it's not the vanilla experience or not even the, the not vanilla experience because we got, we didn't get um, 11 in the States until Rise of the Xylart, which was the first expansion. Right. Um, but like, it's not, it's not going to be what I played when I was like 19 or whatever, but it's right. going to be, it's going to be different than 14. I'm pretty sure. And I want to let's play that experience and kind of go back through and relive that. Uh, as you know, as best as we can, given the way nostalgia works and things like that, and my critical brain as an adult, and and also to to basically like you know, I kind of want to prove myself wrong, and that like everything I've been talking has been bullshit, <laughs> because I I love like being proved wrong. Like if I go back and yeah. I'm like I'm like this sucks, and it's just as story heavy and broken and garbage as Final Fantasy fourteen, you know, then like that's cool. But like if I also go back and it's like, wow, this is like actually really what I wanted out of a game and it still kind of is, then like, let's, what, what, do, what is that? What is, what am I seeing in this devoid yeah. of like the Final Fantasy story, like overlay that 14 has? Um, and so it's going to be a fun experiment and I'll let's play that. So I'm very excited. I will, I will be there to watch those let's plays and <laughs> will advertise them. I mean, you're doing my two favorite, my two favorite parts of the game. I'm like the Bajan's Southern front is Eureka too. It's not as good as Eureka. Eureka is, I mean, Eureka is unassailable. It is, it is, um, it's perfect. It's like, it's it so is good. funny to me that like, you know, I think about like the diadem and what the diadem became. And I'm like, you know, between that and Eureka, um, and then I guess now we've got the the Baj in front, which is I guess re, Eureka Redux. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's it's Eureka. Some parts are harder, and some parts are easier. And so I'm kind of fascinated at like the gaming, the game aspects of eleven or of, of of fourteen, pulling more from eleven, and like, and then we've got like the um, the restoration projects, which are very much reminiscent of the um, Hamlet defense from 1.0, which was one of my favorite things. Hamlet defense was the coolest idea in MMOs in the longest time and probably will never be like, you know, we're going to have to have someone else come in and make a new MMO before we get something as cool as Hamlet defense. <laughs> um, because it was, it was the Ishgardian restoration, but like, rapid fire and like randomly occurring that's cool 
I like um, that a lot. And it was much more hectic and more pressure feeling. And, you know, it was like 24 hours. You've got to fucking do your, you know, Hamlet defense. Everyone get, you know, rush to your, you know, your crafting job or whatever you're going to do to like help your Hamlet. <laughs> it was cool. Like, you had to I mean, honestly, like, it, it, like the, the, the random elements, the, the fact that you would have to be like communicating with people at IRC or now on discord, like this, that's like the coolest part of it. Like, just like being like, okay, everyone be here at eight. We're going to instance in and yeah. we're doing like, Well, it was also really cool, cool because crafting was much, you know, like, especially like in like the beta when crafting was very weird. Crafting, you know, it would used to be you had to invent your recipes. Like you God. had to discover that shit. Um, at one point you had to discover other crafting professions. Like you had you to dis- like just figure it out. You basically had to figure out the recipe to make the needle so that you could be a weaver. Like, that was the kind of shit that was going on early on in the game. Um, And, like, that was, you know, it it was, like, it's just, like, what? This is, like, so far beyond what was sellable in a game. And, you know, when when Final Fantasy XIV came out, like, 2012 or whatever. Like, but, like, it was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was doing really cool things in the worst ways possible. And, like... You know, being part of that initial experiment was really fun. And I, I, I like honestly, when the next big one drops, when the next big MMO drops, because it will. I mean, I, I, I guess Fantasy Star Online maybe, but like that didn't have as big of a hit as I thought it would. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be there on the ground floor because like it is, it is fun to be in the experimental part of the whole thing. It, it is. really is. It's a blast. Like even, even wow was when the beta dropped and I was in the beta and like, I was just like, this is weird. And like there, I can see where it's pulling from Ultima online and I can see where it's pulling from Warcraft three. And like, who thought you could turn Warcraft three into Ultima online right, and also right. simultaneously playing final fantasy 11. It's just like, it was like, what is going on? This is wacky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember when it came out, I thought it was like, I was like, this is never going to work. But yeah, all right. So we're we're going. We're twenty two hours and fifty. Yeah, we're minutes. at two hours and fifty minutes. Let's 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 call it and uh, make a put a pin in it and say let's come back to talk Eureka we're, and Shadowbringers soon. We need we need to finish one thing quickly though yeah. because oh, we please. need to talk about God. we need to talk about why no one no one in Final Fantasy fourteen ever makes or creates or builds or constructs or anything like that. They all synthesize. That's Everything right. is synthesis. Everything is synthesis. Yeah. It's because um, the crystal operates like the crystal and the aether in the world operate as a uh, I think you're you are absolutely right in your hypothesis that they they operate as a sort of like perfect Hegelian uh, contradiction because the aether is both like what you are made of, but it's also the stream around you. So you are constantly in a dialectic kind of uh, shift kind of kind of flux. Right. Whenever you teleport, that's a. That's a dialectic resolving itself, unresolving, contradiction, and then resolution in your next spot. Wow, when right. uh, Ishtola jumps into the Aether stream, same same deal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it the the world's always in flux between contradiction and resolution, um, and uh, uh, that's that's why synthesis is so able to happen there. Whereas here, it's you know, we don't have spiritual energy around us at all times that we're also made out of. It's no, but like also I don't need fucking magic stuff. crystals to make a poached egg. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess. 
You do need eggs, though. Yeah. I mean, do they? Yeah, they need eggs to make a poached egg. I guess so, but why can't they synthesize the eggs? See, that's the thing that sucks me up because it's like you need all the you need you need the egg and the frying pan, okay? But now you need crystals to fry the egg. Yeah, because you'd have to cast fire. Oh, yeah. huh, huh, huh. It's not. I guess it's not everything that's synthesized then. Some things are material and have to exist as such. Yeah, because the egg is just the 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 fucking dodo is just crapping out the egg. Well, same with same with the relic quests, right? Like the yeah, we synthesize, you know, Ifrit's horn with other stuff, but <clears throat> you have to find Ifrit's horn. You can't synthesize that. No, but who's synthesizing all these damn Ifrit horns? <laughs> who's, who keeps who keeps summoning this Ifrit? Uh, other than other than the the the. Whatever their name is, I can't remember now. Um, the big big lizard guy. You think about how many crystals they go through. If you consider that, like you know, if Ifrit is summoned every time <laughs> we go into like you know Ifrit Extreme to do the instance, and it means that like you know the Amalja are you know summoning up Ifrit again. Thank you, Amalja. Like that's so many crystals that they're burning through. Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, Hydlin uh... must be all fucked up. Even in terms of, like, what the game just gives us in terms of just, like, primal uh, um, summonings in general. Like, it's like a lot of crystals being used. There's, There's like a lot of crystals. of them. Yeah. It's like some, some like, some lady with a shop in, you know, I don't know, like, a small town in Maine is, like, <laughs> pining for Heidelin right now. Just like, <laughs> I want to be there. <laughs> oh, God. All right. We did it. That's an episode. We did it. We, we answered the call. Um, well, Dia, thank you for being here. And uh, thank you for uh, preemptively agreeing to come back to talk about the next expansion. And uh, where, where can people find your stuff? Where can people find your Let's Plays and, and things like that? You can find me at youtube.com slash D-I-A-L-A-C-I-N-A. I'm pretty sure that's, that's just it. Um, I thought you were going to say, I'm pretty sure that's how you spell my name. I'm pretty sure that's, that's how you spell my that's name. That's bold that you don't know how to spell your name. Like, you know, who knows? Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at D-I-A-L-A-C-I-N-A. D-I-A-L-A-C-I-N-A. Um, For all the hot takes. And then just me just being strict. Just me just being incredibly frustrated. <laughs> and then and then strict defenses of the hot takes as well. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, always a pleasure. This is this is always Thank you uh, so much a highlight for, for me. me. This is such oh, a blast. Course, absolutely. Yeah, always super fun. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take it easy. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.